everybody. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons, TWBD. Uh, it is May 1st, 2021. Welcome to a new month and a new episode of There Will Be Dungeons. It is season two, episode two of The Delvers. And uh, we'll get right into it in a second, but a reminder that we are fueled quite often by Phoenix Pearl Tea and their fantastic selection of, pe- of teas. And you can find them at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And you want to go there in particular because there's a bunch of teas based on the stuff we do here in our D&D campaigns. So don't wait. Head over there now and check them out. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And now, without further ado, this. Previously on There Will Be Dungeons. Well, we think it would be a great day for a white wedding. <laughs> ah, the Hooper wedding tomorrow. Perfect. Uh, a cursed family, I'm afraid. Uh, it seems that uh, they believe that their estranged grandfather will haunt their upcoming nuptials. If, of course, Grandfather Hooper should arrive and attempt to haunt the wedding, you are to exercise him without disturbing the guests if possible. The Hoopers are celebrated uh, wine folk, so should the events take place a little closer to the wedding as the evening goes on, well, don't worry about it too much. They'll likely be quite sauced by then. Is same money if no haunting happens, or if haunting happens, is same money? Either way, we get paid same. Exercise the ghost of Grandpa Hooper well, and, and quickly... There may be some additional funds in it for you, Mr. Spendabelt. Ah, the star of last week's show, that drum. Now let's throw it back over to Kyle, who will take the keys, drive this car, and we will enjoy There Will Be Dungeons. Go ahead, Kyle. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. The Delvers have rested up after their previous busy day at the farm. But we move over to the Hopper Estate, a grand stone mansion with great buttresses outside, a curved lane that pulls around the front as carts are being unloaded and foods and drinks are being taken from the back of these carts into the estate. Standing beyond the gate is a man, a man wearing an audacious purple and blue robe with a sharp collar over the shoulders. He wears a skull over most of his head, except the lower jaw, where his pearly whites show, but he has little cracked teeth inside. A long black and silver beard hangs down. In the skull are several jewels embedded around the circlet of the head. He pulls from his pocket a pocket watch and clicks it open. There's no face on this pocket watch. It merely pulses in the direction of the Hooper Mansion. He smiles, showing his teeth, and grabs the corner of his cape and flurls it as he turns around and heads back down the street towards the Atomer Dungeon Guild. Bo Schwartz is our guest today, and he will be playing... Bo Schwartz, would you like to introduce yourself? The Great Dofante. <laughs> the Great Dofante. Thunder of Step Hall. Ooh. Any other titles? That's the title. That's a good title. <laughs> Sweet. You Hold approach on. the Dungeon Guild, and you push open the doors dramatically, where they bang and the chains rattle a little bit, 
and you enter into a wood building. Beyond, you see the desks, the job board to your right, and the various tavern folk filling up the dungeon. Wood leaguers, silver leaguers, bronze leaguers, everybody looking for a job for the day, but a lot of them are sitting around eating lunch. As you approach the acquisitions desk, as you know you've already been assigned a job for the day, Helenar Clearstone, a about four foot tall dwarf, stands behind the desk and looks up. Oh! 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 She catches her breath looking down at the desk. Oh, we've been, uh, we've been expecting you, your, your greatness. Cheap. Reaches under her desk and pulls out half the funds you are due for your arrival and starts stacking the gold pieces in your direction. And I will look at them. Uh, are they are they stacked um, individually or are they in a sack? They're being stacked individually and they're being laid out in rows of ten and there's quite a few already showing up. Okay, I would like to pay careful attention to ensure I'm paid my just due and no mistakes by this seemingly incompetent uh, bureaucrat. She stacks out 27 piles by the time it is done, which would be about half of your completion fee at the end of this quest. I believe you're missing some of what is due to me. Ah, yes, well, uh, a payment will be processed at the end of the mission, but we understand your services are rare, and um, if you desire payment in full before, I guess I can talk to Cassius. Mm, I let it aside, not wishing to uh, further have to speak with the various persons in there, and I will respond. Just point to me where I need to go, and I will accept what is rendered here. Oh, very good. Well, you'll be heading to the Hopper Estate for the Hopper Goodwine wedding today. Uh, the Dervos, the Bronze Leaguers, are already there. They'll be awaiting you. And may I uh, may I ask, what is the what, what are the titles associated with the Hopper family? Are they noble? Yes, uh, very noble. Uh, the Hoppers are well-known traders. Particularly in the uh, the good wine uh, wine circuits, which have happened over the last fifteen years or so. Hmm. And to what to to what family are they are they associated with any of the nobility or royalty of these lands? A nobility, no. Uh, there'll be many families there, of course, from the various halfling houses, the apple sparks, green eyes, smoothfoots, but. Uh, you shouldn't expect any royalty there today, Mr. Dauphant. Hmm. And what is the charge again? Please remind me. What is my objective here? To, uh, to uh, exercise should he arrive. Or really, Hopper, a grandfather to the, the wedding family. Okay, uh, he pulls out a quill and parchment into his spell book which he also uses as a notebook, and begins scribbling down notes. And then he looks up again and says, Is there any... Are there any rumors or secrets associated with this family? Well, every uh, every wedding's been a little odd since the death of Aureli, 
15 years ago. Uh, various cold spots, uh, falling hampers. No, 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 I interrupt. No, no, no. Are there any known arcanists? Secrets, rumors about the family? Oh. Don't hold back. But I, I tell you everything I know. However, our uh, diviners did name this quest White Wedding at W-I-G-H-T, so we can expect that to be a uh, uh, present. Uh, so through his skull, so he's wearing a skull on his face, but the holes are cut out so you can see his green eyes through it, and I roll them very dramatically, and I go, White Wedding, what a deplorable title for a play. Well... It's a quest, but uh, we, the guild questmakers try to entice the workers of the guild with an interesting name. Uh, I sigh. Very, very well. What travel accommodations am I being afforded? I would prefer to have a carriage with tea and some repast. I've had quite a, fam- a day and I'm famished. It's down the street, but I guess we could arrange Aegis's cart to take you the, the short couple blocks. Very good. And then okay. I, I, tur- I, I turn around, and um, behind me, I motion, is there a door to this place, perhaps? Like, yes. Uh, the okay, double so door I, you entered through. I turn around and motion, and I, I yell out, uh, sorry, I just have to get the name. Oh, yeah. Connor! Connor! Come hither and collect my payment! And then sauntering in the front door, uh, an animated corpse starts to walk in. Uh, and he's dressed in just general medieval fare, like a jerkin and it's like leggings with uh, kind of dainty shoes. But this is a dead 20-something sort of blonde brown hair uh, young man who's deceased uh, walks in and I will him to walk towards the desk and begin picking up the gold pieces very slowly and he places them into my pouch that I carry. As the door is pushed open by this undead corpse, you can see the various members of the guild sitting around the tavern. Some of them shoot up. Some of them kind of grab their weapons. Hold, uh, undead servant necromancer in the the guild. Uh, Everyone, please remain calm. There is no bounty on this zombie. I look at them through my skull mask, just not waiting for someone to start a fight, but not reacting. And look, like, having shoulders up as though I'm on the stage. And knowing that I'm the center of the attention, I'm very, like, happy to have this. But I'm outwardly displaying, uh, you know, villainy and, and pride as, as the zombie serves me. What was the zombie's name? Connor. Connor the zombie uh, scoops into a great bag that he carries with him on his side all the funds that are available on the table excellent so I will wait my carriage alright you will wait just a few moments Helenar Clearstone re- runs to the back and a centaur with a mighty mighty mane of hair pulls a cart around the front he unclasps himself walks around to the side opens the door for you kind of puts his whole body in the, the, the human part, leaving the horse part outside and pours you some tea. Well, now, you're quite the sight. I'm Aegis, the cart driver. I understand we're going a short way today, but you can't be bothered to walk it, so I'm here to do it for you. 
Do, can I be able to tell what status this? Uh, what's his name? Aegis. Aegis. Can I be able to tell what status Aegis is? Would he be a servant of the guild, or would he be like a, a ranked member? He would be an employee. So you know from your experience with the guild that their levels range rather dramatically. Usually, the heads of the guild, the guild masters, can sometimes be up in the tens. Aegis here, you would expect to be around maybe three or four levels. Okay. So I will sort of, I will, I will see that he's wishing to engage me, but I feel superior to him. So I will uh, ignore his, his question and I will look at the tea that he's proffered and look at him expectantly uh, as if he should drink it before I do. Is there a problem, Mr. Uh, Dofonte? I see you must be new to serving greatness. Please sip the tea first before I drink of it. Or what purpose there? There are enemies abound who wish me dead. I see we got a paranoid one. Well, if you brought some spells that could detect poison, you could do this yourself if you're so uppity about it. But I'll take my... Mm, my chances. Mm, mm. And he licks his lips dramatically, making sure they're nice and wet before he goes and mm, really mouths that cup. Mm. Delver's Delight, a special of mine. Are you able to help yourself in the cart or should I tie your shoes for you, sir? Uh, I look to Connor and I motion for Connor to lower like the steps. Uh, with my will, I, I will my servant Connor to lower the steps into the carriage. Since uh, clearly I'm not going to depend on this um, rather outspoken servant uh, to assist me without further lip. And then I will also take the tea and I will use my robe to, um, to, to, to wipe it. And then I will use a gust cantrip to blow some wind on it to also blow any germs off of it. Because this is medieval times and this is how we think germs work. <laughs> and the gust has a verbal I say fudge ad erodet and whew, a little gust blows a controlled gust of wind blows the germs off the teacup and then I sip with a thumb out and I say this is a bit cold but ah. I won't make an issue of it I have pressing matters and then I, I will embark into the carriage to kind surely all right and he goes to the front you know straps himself in and starts clock 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 heading down the street <laughs> and you ride a short five minutes to the hopper estate where you were at earlier this morning with a evil grin upon your face and as you arrive you see the various servants are bustling about and looking at this mansion it would seem completely normal and rather upscale, except for all the windows seem about two feet lower. And as you observe this, the the population moving about, you see that they're all halflings. There is a bit of a confrontation going on in the front door, however, and you keep hearing the word Jumbo! Jumbo! being yelled from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the cart Do I, how many... Up. He just unclass himself, gets out, lowers the steps for you, opens the door. All right, you have yourself a wonderful adventure there, Mr. Dofonte. Uh, I look to him and, and, and just nod, uh, my mind on the task at hand, uh, not really giving him much, you know, 
much attention, essentially. But one thing that does occur to me is that Connor, I don't think, ever got in the carriage. So do you have, I just want to just check the range on my spell in case that matters. <laughs> <laughs> we can say he got in if you want, but he could also be booking it down the street. I don't know if I'd want him in. That's the thing. I think I might uh-huh. normally just make him walk or have strapped him to the back. Like, he's got to stay outside. He's a zombie. He's kind of gross, right? Um, okay. He could sit on the back sort of ledge. Yeah. Okay, I don't think there is a range. I think I can't command it if he's near me. We'll just say he. We put him on the back. I made him grip the back of the carriage. Sounds so, good. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so Connor's here with me, and I behold the house. I hear the jumbo jumbo. Do I have any of sense what that might be about? Or as, as you exit the cart, yeah. we jump to the side a little bit. Uh, the Delvers. You were instructed, perhaps, to bring your equipment, but wear some nice clothes today. Did any of you do that? Uh, yes. I would... Uh, my guy thinks that everything he wears looks good, so he's not bothered. He's He'll wear his, you know, his chain mail, and, his, and he's cleaned up nice, but he's not wearing anything fancy. All right. He looks fancy without having to try too hard. To himself. I'm not saying anyone else perceives him that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Co Co has uh, nice clothes, considering his his status. So he would be he'd keep the studded armor uh, off, but otherwise, you know, he'd still be kitted out mostly the way he normally would be. Excellent and Grinkeeper. Grinkeeper would be dressed for a wedding, and she would have the bag that Margaret made with her warhammer in it tied to her side. Do you have a sort of travel bag you brought with you of your various other armaments and magic items, or did you just arrive with the purse? How many shrubs are outside of this wedding? How many? Sh- you wouldn't know ahead of time how many shrubs there would be. However, you That's do know point. that this is along the edge of the forest. <laughs> okay, so knowing that it was along the edge of the forest, she would have dropped a bag of her stuff in the forest, just in case she needs to run out and get javelins and armor. But otherwise, she's ready, sort of ready to go. So about 20 minutes ago, you arrived. This is an Atomer on the southwest sort of corner uh, leading back into the woods, the very woods that would be expanding out towards hours away where the ruins where you fought the Grix were so long ago. Uh, you walked to the edge of this grand gate that lines the estate and just sort of pushed your big old duffel over the edge and it slumped on the other side where you can recover it later. Okay, so Bo Dauphant, you arrive and you see a well-dressed young lady with your, how's your hair? Have you, is it down or up? Because it matters. Uh, it's up. No one can recognize her when her hair is up. Okay, okay. Uh, sweet spell. See, <laughs> you see a human with her hair elegantly up wearing a spectacular dress, all dressed for a wedding. You see a satyr who is dressed well, but is armed to the teeth. Otherwise, you can see the various well, daggers. Well, I thought, ab- I thought about it. He wouldn't be bringing his equipment. So the bag would be staying behind. He would have, uh, he'd have his daggers probably on a belt. Uh, probably wouldn't have the sword with him. Uh, no arrows, no bow. 
So he probably would just have some daggers that he could conceal and keep fairly hidden. Okay, some so some some lumps in his wraps are visible, but you're not sure what they are. Yeah, and it's a purple sash, a particular purple sash in which these daggers are concealed within. Very good. Very good. And then you see a tall, near seven-foot half-orc who stands out quite a bit in all this fancy, wearing scale mail that seems to be made of actual snake scales, carrying with him on his back a massive snake staff, and around his neck is a giant clock-sized symbol of Paylor. As you exit the cart, move down the steps, head towards the entrance, you see a small halfling, all dressed in beautiful, uh, luscious waiter attire, black collared shirt, button-down slacks, shiny, shiny shoes, but otherwise he has on a green vest with little leaves sort of printed along it, and he's going, Jumbo, Jumbo, we got a Jumbo! Okay, so do am I aware, was I aware that I'd be working with people, or am I like, what, what I what I, yeah. They I did mention ask. to you that you will be meeting the Delvers, a bronze-level group. However, you were not given any description of your companions for this mission. Okay, but based on the fact that we're outside of this place, I can intuit that likely these might be them. Or it, yeah, it might be a little confusing if it wasn't for the half-orc in clear cleric attire with magic weapons adorned all over his person. Okay, so I think the first thing that's going to grab my attention is there appears to be a beautiful and well-dressed lady before me. So I will approach uh, this woman first and raise out uh, my hand to take her hand and say, and I'll, and I'll say, Enchanté, mademoiselle. Nice to meet you. Who are you? This is the hand returned. She stands there with her arms crossed. It cramps two fingers up your nostrils. <laughs> so the great, the great Dofonte sees that his hand has not been taken and makes a no- mental note of that and pulls back his hand and says, um, not, not uh, one for manners, I see. We're, we're going to be fighting today. Oh, look on, oh sh- I probably wasn't supposed to say that, was I? And she'll look at Ko and kind of, ooh. So I, I will react know. to this and realize that this may be the Delver group and that I was that was spoken of, and we'll begin assessing them. I will look first to uh, the giant orc and say, mm, yes, a fine specimen of orc. And I will, then I will nod respectfully to the satyr before me. I will say half orc. He's only half. He's not full. Ah. Full orc is sometimes very, very stupid. Not so fine a specimen of orc, then. <laughs> Still, very impressive. Mm. Your musculature is incredible. No potato for you, then. He'll mumble. Well, allow me to introduce. Uh, allow me to introduce the Delver you'll be helping today. I am the Great Dauphont, Master of Illusion, and Thunder of Tepenstep Hall. 
walking up behind him, comes a blonde uh, zombie. Yes, and, and this would be my personal assistant, Connor. Connor, say hello. And Connor goes, hello. As he saunters behind me. <clears throat> Was he dead when you found him? Oh no, I've known Connor for quite some time, but he was my assistant back when we worked together at Teppenstep Hall. A promising star, to be sure, but a tragic fate beheld him. Still, it is quite a bit of effort to find a good personal assistant, so I chose to keep Connor on board, and he has helped me since. Truthfully, he's much more helpful in this state than he was in life, but he won't know Did you say you were going to be helping us today? Yes, I've received... Did the guild tell you we were getting help today? I received a mission from the Great Adventuring Guild, and I was told there would be some delvers to help me. I mean, the more the merrier, right? It's a wedding after Uh, all. I, I don't think so. I I would rather not split the pay four ways. We can handle this. Oh, that's a good point. Why is it they asked you to help? Why did they say, oh, three is never enough. We needed four. Why? They offered me the contract, plain and simple. I asked very few questions. I don't have much time to waste as... I have started my adventuring career much later than most adventurers. I seek to rise to the ranks quickly at a level that matches my skill. The halflings have been bustling about. The, the one that's been yelling Jumbo runs back through a door and you hear a bunch of whispering, Jumbo! And walking out comes an elegant looking halfling with great curls of blonde hair all about their head going up in sort of this man bun like that explodes on top and she also wears the sort of waiter and the green vest with the shine shoes and she walks towards you I am captain of this wedding you'll know me as captain autumn dew and I will be overseeing everything that happens today for the Hopper and Goodwine wedding. And we're going to have a good wedding today. Oh, Mr. Dufan, thank goodness you've arrived. We specially yes. requested you. I was told this uh, particular uh, quest would, f- would be well in line with my particular abilities. Yes, yes. Oh, oh we expect a... Grandpa Hopper to show up, as well as your illusion skills will be quite valuable should things start to go wrong and hiding things from the guests. Uh, oh, uh, Delvers, we agreed to pay him separately from you all, so everyone will receive full funds today. The more the merrier, then. The more the merrier, then. Yes. Uh, while we're discussing funds and payment, should any... Um, I'd like to get this discussion out of the way before we encounter any difficult situations. I am on a quest for power. And thus, I claim dibs on any particular magical artifacts of power. You may avail yourselves of whatever weapons 
um, delvers of your sorts prefer, but any books or scrolls or magical items I will call claim to. Um, that is not exactly how we do it around here. Do you Finders not do keepers. dibs? Yes. Do not do dibs. Uh, well then, we'll see we've, you later. You may we've call had... dibs if you wish on items of your preference. Yeah, we've had the open structure with uh, magical items. And we'll figure it out. Not wishing to waste more time on this conversation, I will turn to Captain Autumn Dew and say, thank you for your most gracious and warm welcome. In a world filled with savages, it is nice to meet one of such manner and countenance. Tell me, before we get into the um, particulars of the mission, I, as you know, have a past uh, life of revelry and entertainments, and I was curious of about the performances we could expect to see at today's wedding. I would perhaps like to catch one while I work. Well, there's going to be several events happening throughout the wedding today that I'm very excited to tell you about. Uh, but first, why is this man dressed like a snake? Snake, 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 snake. Ko, those very words send you back. Back to the volcano. Where you look down over your shoulder and you see falling, falling, the small halfling man with his beard tied between his bootstraps, descending, plummeting into the volcano as he yells, The curse! Fix the curse! <laughs> you hold on to the side of the walls with a psychic dagger stabbed into the very rock. As you look down and go, no! Splinterbelt extends his snake staff out, transforming into a snake, trying to reach for you. And Grinkeeper stands back, wringing her hands, afraid to burn her beautiful, beautiful dress as she is queen now. In this moment, Coat, you remember uh, that you unlocked back on Snake Item your ability to use both psychic daggers. It comes back to you now. Co will just kind of, during all of this, he, he's just kind of looking up and to the side as if just lost in thought and just like playing out on his face. You just see like a little nod, like he's talking to himself almost and a little smile and then a frown and then another smile. And then he looks down at his own hands like, okay. Autumn Dew is just talking through this whole thing. Yeah. We we need to get this man properly dressed. Ah, uh, okay. Everyone into the main hall. Everyone into the main hall. Staff meeting, everybody. It is noon. We have two hours until the festivities start. You're all pushed and clamored, and, and some 12 halflings all come running in and start lining up in the main hall. There are two great staircases circling up around, leading to the upstairs. And as I mentioned, every, everything here is about two feet lower than you're usually used to. The, the side tables, the windows, the steps are smaller. Everything, everything here is made for halflings. Um, so there's a, there's a hubble, uh, hullabaloo going on, right? As they're getting ready uh, to for the for the wedding, like the it's happening now, right? That's what right. I'm two getting. hours out. Two hours out. So um, they might not be paying it so much attention to us. I would like to sort of start this now. I just have to. Um, yeah. So 
I also have a find familiar spell. And what I would like to do is have my familiar start reconning for secret passages, information, even though I might not speak to it for a little while. And this familiar of mine is a small little spider that hides out in my clothes named Hamlet. And I would like to place Hamlet somewhere and have him wander off and investigate the this hall for secret passages, anything suspicious. And while I'm within 100 feet of it, I can telepathic, or not telepathically, but I can see through its eyes, I believe. Or, or no, I can communicate through to it telepathically. And I believe I can also see through its its eyes as well if I need to see anything. So I just want to send him on his mission now. <laughs> so like, so Iron Man style, you kind of walk over the wall, give a look back and forth, reach up the side of your rope and pull out a real life spider and stick it to the wall. Not very Basically. covertly, but... But there's a lot of there's a lot of hullabaloo going along, and it's a spider. No one, you know, a person depositing a spider, no one's ever going to question that. I don't think so. I don't even need to do it stealthy. I'm just going to put the spider in. Uh, the other thing he's also looking for is it wouldn't be above me to find um, something of power that perhaps people shouldn't have and would be better off in my possession. So it's not theft. It's just putting an artifact to the appropriate qualification. That would be how I, I look at this. So I'm also looking for that. With, uh, with Ham- Hamlet's also looking for these things. Excellent. Roll a roll a perception check for your little Spider-Man using your own stats. Okay, perfect. Uh, By the way, uh, Splendor Belt and Co. You both witness this. Grinkeeper, you don't you don't see a thing. You're enjoying the hullabaloo in the room. Yep, Seventeen for the perception roll. All right, the spider heads out and begins searching. I all would, the various I would servants... t- I'd turn to Co and say, "What do you think this is?" With this, uh, and I'd be very, I'd be like just talking to him, or try to keep the conversation between them and say, "What is this uh, spider? What is this? What do you think he is doing?" I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had a spider on him. Maybe he's a pacifist. Oh, I don't get that feeling. Okay, he's okay. You know, he doesn't want to kill a insect. He doesn't want to kill um, any bugs. Yeah. He doesn't want to. We will have to keep an eye on him when he, the fighting starts. Make he, sure he is willing to do what needs to be done. He just wants to take all magic things he finds. Hmm. He seems very. Let's not let him do this. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on him. Okay. So you all are lined up with your backs to one of the wall, all the various servants, and you count about five weight staff, three food staff, and a cook come out. And they all line up, and Captain Autumn Dew begins walking up and down in front of you. This is going to be a good wedding without a hitch. As you know, the Hoppers and Goodwines have had a long family feud, and we are going to bury the hatchet today with the marriage of Linwick and Fensna. This is going to go perfectly. We have here our grand esteemed guest, Dauphant, the great Dauphant, who will be attending the wedding, but also watching from the ground floor. The Delver's here, set by the guild. We are going to station you around the wedding to make sure nothing goes wrong. Mr. Um, in the, in the snake outfit. 
and she looks straight up at you, standing in front of you, Splendor Belt. Oh, at me? I was thinking... Oh, that's right. I'm not I got wearing a snake outfit. I'm wearing a robe, a, a gaudy robe of purple and blue covered with comets and stars and galaxies and stuff. Oh, I completely forgot it. Really? You're like a Merlin sort of. I, ha- I have a total god. I have the gaudiest, gaudiest robe you've ever seen full of like, it's almost like Star Wars pajamas. Okay, but cool. Yeah. Like cool, like not pajamas, <laughs> cool. I mean. Not cool. Not cool, but actually not cool. I just mean it doesn't look it's not fluffy. It doesn't look like pajamas. It looks like a robe, but it's got stars and, and it's just I'm extravagant. I am I am an eyesore. Wow. All right. Uh well now that I know he's referring to me. Uh, sorry, what was the question? She was just trying to get your attention. Oh. And it seems you were brought out of your daydream. Yeah, I will say, um uh, I'll, I'll look up and go, you're why are you staring at me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'll be on perimeter work then. Okay. Is uh, no problem, I suppose. I'll comment. Good choice. <laughs> she walks down in between Grinkeeper and Co. We'll need one in the wait staff. Which of you will it be? Um, I'll arm wrestle for not doing it. <laughs> I think I will let you win on that. I don't need to. I don't feel the need to show off uh, arm wrestling. And Co will just kind of mutter that as he walks uh, to the side. Green keep bro mouth. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so you go to the back. We're going to get you changed in a waitstaff outfit. It's going to be... It might be a little tight, but I think we have an extra large halfling size. All right, you. Uh, a Grinkeeper, Paladin. Uh, we... You'll be a guest. You'll be... Uh, the plus one of Dauphant. Okay. Suddenly, I am not feeling bad about being the lead staff. <laughs> okay, very good. We need to hustle, and... From one of the tubes, one of those curvy tubes like in Cinderella where people can speak into around the mansion, you hear a... Captain, we're out of snacks! <laughs> <laughs> I, must go, I must attend to the kitchen. You all get ready. Uh, wedding in... One hour, 45 minutes. Gosh, and she heads out. Something so familiar about that. We sound like, we're under a team. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and all the staff disperse. Uh, Co, you are brought to a back room where you are fitted and given the same sort of black button-up slacks, shiny shoes. Well, the shoes don't work, but all the same. They do their best. Uh, they end up cutting it into shorts, and a seamstress makes it into, uh, uh, does the edges so it looks nice, as they can't seem to quite fit it on your satyr legs. But otherwise, yeah, they kind of look like, uh, they kind of look like Indiana Jones when he's trying to be that waiter on the blimp, and it just doesn't quite fit, or the, the Nazi uniform, and he's just like, <laughs> pulling it over. But in like little, little tiny shorts. Okay, yes, but in shorts. Yeah, Africa core. With uh, fuzzy feet sticking out the bottom. Fuzzy legs. With this, we open up the map. 
and you all have the link to map in your Discord there. You have access using the token layer to move about your token and put yourself in position. Uh, right now, we are still ahead of the wedding. So everything happening out on the field here is pre-game, as it were. Uh, there are, you see several halfling kids playing in the way back. There are three massive, massive mastiffs, warhounds, that are in a small fence, and they seem to just be having a joyous time. The halfling kids are getting up and riding them around a little bit. The dogs are barking, chasing balls, just playing in general. You see off to your right side, this huge ring of tables underneath tents, and the tents are cut off right at six feet at the entrance there. So big tents for halflings. The tables are all mostly normal sized. A couple of them are particularly small. You can assume this is the small, small kids' tables there out by the Mastiffs. There are several bleachers, wooden bleachers, of the band getting set up, and several band members, all halflings, are showing up. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And the dance floor is out in front of them. As those tables ring around, you see the buffet tables that will eventually be stocked from the kitchens ringing about those. In the center of this beautiful estate... In the field here, you see the chairs facing the procession area where the wedding's going to be held. And off to the left, you see a pagoda in the distance and a small lake with ducks swimming about it. There are several grown halfling men uh, looking a little rowdy, and they're playing with slings. And they go and let loose the rock and hits a tree, and they all, hey! And they're just passing the time. You can assume this is part of the groom's party as they await his arrival. Beyond the estate here, you see the forest beyond, just extending deep, deep, deep into darkness. And this would go on for hours, for miles. And so, beyond that, there would be two stations that are currently manned. You see a halfling man wearing a chef's hat in an in a absolutely gaudy gold and green apron, and he's got two large knives, and he just looks pleased as heck. Standing in front of a huge table of cheeses. Tons of wheels of cheeses. Breeze, cheddars, swisses, just all the cheeses you can possibly imagine. Another table over by the sitting area, you see a bartender. And he is mixing drinks, looking rather formal, but has bottles and bottles of wine. And behind them, there's also several barrels, kind of pushed towards the back as, those, as though those come later. But you're currently on the estates. If there's anything you would like to recover, for instance, or would like to set up, maybe hide an item somewhere that you might want to have access to it, now is the time. Splendor Belt, you have been requested to keep to the perimeter due to your stature, your jumbo stature. And Grinkeeper and the Great Dauphant will be actually part of the, the wedding itself, with Ko working as one of the servants. Okay, so um, for, for, for myself, I would just like to begin by offering my arm to the lady who, of whom I don't know her name and say, would you do me the honor of promenading the grounds with me? And just like that, of course, of course. And just like that, she's a lady. And she takes your arm as properly as a lady should. And she says, call me Evelyn. And I say, enchanté, Evelyn. And I've, I've suddenly gone from creepy to even more creepy, but sort of this charming creepy, right? Like, um, 
and uh, I will I will promenade the grounds uh, with her until um, something either commands my attention for, uh, from what's going on. But basically, we would have a dialogue, and I would be scanning around, uh, observing for information. And then when we get to a center point of the grounds, Evelyn will cast Divine Sense to see if she can pick up anything in a 60-foot radius. Sounds good. Uh, I have marked on the map here your bag, Grinkeeper, which you threw over the fence there. So that'll be in the woods to the south here. Um, I would also ask question a question of Evelyn during the walk, I would say. Evelyn, um, you seem quite strong. What is your strength rating? I'm just very curious about her ability, so I'll ask her her strength rating. Very. And then she goes back to walking. Okay. <laughs> very. As you all walk the grounds, you notice several events going on at the moment. There's, of course, the slinging in the corner uh, down by the lake. There's the war dog riding and petting for the kids. And in front of the band, there seems to be a sort of pile of money being built. And several halflings are playing the lute competitively. Kind of like a game of horse, where each tries to perform a little and the next one puts in some money and goes and then adds a at the end, so and each one kind of adds on to the song. And then, ah, one screws up and he scoops all the money towards them and it starts again. <laughs> this is a great wedding. I say, this is a fantastic, rustic wedding. It's beautiful. Splunderbelt, where do you take yourself? Well, all right. So I was just thinking about that. When they say perimeter, I assume they want me kind of everywhere, but around the edges of everything, right? So in that case, I would probably, um, oops, didn't grab me. There we go. I'd probably move over here a little bit around the side of the lake. Just start making my way kind of clockwise around the entire event, and I will plan to kind of keep moving like that all the way around. Just make a circular motion there. As you walk (laughs) about the lake, you walk right in front of where the the sling game is being played, and you hear a, whoa, 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 watch it, watch it, we're playing here. Eh, where are they? Is this them over here? (laughs) Is this those guys? Hold on. That's not who this is. is They would be marked slingers here. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. The wedding slingers. I'd go, um... Yeah! (laughs) I just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) What's with that guy? I don't know, Tall Dream. Let's just keep playing. I just wave him off. Grinkeeper, you perform your sense evil. What's the exact words of the spell? Or the, the ability? What's it called? As a divine sense. As an action, you can detect good and evil. Until the end of your next turn, you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that's not behind total cover. You are pinged with a couple of locations around you. Uh, First of all, you sense some amount of evil lurking in this small lake here. You're not sure. You can't quite pinpoint it. Uh, at the moment, there are just 
the slingers swinging their rocks over the top of it, hitting the trees beyond, and a couple of ducks swimming inside. You also make note of the cheese table. Perhaps one of the cheeses is evil. Co, you are dressed. You're ready. You are given a plate to move about the party with collecting drinks, used drinks. So you're not having to actually take any orders. They're making sure you're not actually interacting with the guests as best as they can. You are to collect used and discarded cups. All right. Uh, that is exactly what he will do. Uh, he will make his way up and kind of navigate these tables and just start picking up empty drinks and delicately balancing them on his tray. Does anyone want to do anything else before we advance the clock? Splinterbelt's heading to the woods. The great Dauphant and Grinkeeper are moving about as a beautiful couple, uh, rather dramatic in view, and Ko is attending to his duties. Grinkeeper will flag Ko down and nod to the lake and the cheese stand. Keep an eye out. And if you see Splinterbelt, I'll let him know too. This is the information you receive. Okay. Ko would go over to the cheese table, being told that he should keep his eye on it. And he just kind of starts to eyeball it as he goes by. Like very not, not even trying to be subtle about it. He just goes by, really giving the cheese table a big look. You walk right in front of the man, the halfling, holding his two knives. And you go, ah, ha, ha. A good day for a wedding, eh? Yes, it is a beautiful day. I am Cheese Master Sun Willow! And he gives a bow while holding both <laughs> knives. Ah. Before the festivities begin, employees only, would you like some cheese? Cole, look around. That sounds good to me. And laughs at his own <laughs> Ah. And he starts cutting up some cheese and flipping over the wheels and and, and, and like it like an artisan, like he's crafting a fine public sub, he starts peeling off these layers of cheese and building you a little sampler on a plate and hands it to you. However, with your advanced passive perception, you see him flip over the one of the wheels of cheese, and underneath you see what appears to be a face, a screaming face, with a small mustache embedded in the cheese. Ew. As soon as Ko sees it, he's going to jump and point. What? Did you see this? What is the this? The many cheeses I have? Delightful, aren't they? Uh, I'm thinking more about the one with a face on it. Uh, which? Ko will point at the cheese where he saw it. This one. And using his two knives, he flips over the cheese. Oh, well, that's a little uh, distressing. It must be a decorative monster. Walked right into that one. I see. Ah. Uh, well, I will not keep you. I would like to keep this brief. And then brief. Oh. 
Oh god. <laughs> I will give him another nod and start to walk away with his sampler. Good luck! Good luck! Happy wedding, everybody! Over the next two, well, hour, 30 minutes or so, the guests begin to arrive. More people start playing Loot Loot, the loot game there in the back. Uh, more kids arrive, start riding the dogs. You hear their names being hollered out. There's Spring Shield, Green Paw, and Plump Artie. Of which I, of course, have collected various pictures of dogs, which we can all enjoy. <laughs> oh, God. Look at him. Grinkeeper, as you move about over this next hour, you notice that Plump Artie has become a little obsessed with barking into the woods beyond. In fact, the kids are still like, come on, Artie, come on, come on. And he just keeps pausing at the back gate facing the woods and giving a couple barks and growls before being distracted off that point. She'll ask Dauphant, want to go check that out? That looks kind of weird. Yes, uh, after you, milady. All right, Grimkeeper will hike up her skirts a bit and briskly walk toward the woods. You all head out towards the dog riding arena. Make an animal handling check. Twelve. What'd you get, Dauphant? Oh, am I making one too? Yeah, yeah. Join in this in this investigation. I will consider the animal with a six. Neither of you can see or really note where this dog is barking at or what exactly has disturbed it. But this one dog in particular seems a bit odd. This is a a, a mastiff with massive, massive wrinkles all over its face. It's it's fat and fluff is kind of pooling around the halfling riding saddle that it's been adorned with. Hmm. So, yeah. the do- he's barking out into the woods? Yeah, the woods beyond. This would be out to the west. I must say, milady, that this dog is particularly agitated by something beyond in the woods. We've got some time. It could be just a rabbit. Or it could be something more. Let's go see if it's something more. (laughs) As a suggestion, we could stay here to continue enjoying the party, and I can send Connor out for reconnaissance. Unless you wish to handle it personally. That's kind of creepy, but also a good idea. Or we can leave Connor here and investigate ourselves. No, no, you're right. We shouldn't get our clothes dirty. Connor, come here. So (laughs) Connor should be behind me. (laughs) Follow you. You command Connor from afar and he exits the mansion. And it seems he's also been dressed as a servant, though they placed a silk bag over his head with two eye slots. (laughs) Awesome. I'm okay with this. Uh, Uh, Improvement to his clothing. This is excellent. He wears silk gloves to cover up his rotten hands, and as he passes you heading into the woods, you Does can he smell have that... rouge on his face. Oh, like, oh, I mean, he's got <laughs> like... the silk bag over his head with the eye cuts, but you can smell him. <laughs> he has been dumped with perfume. Yeah, he is perfect. absolutely reeking of flowers. <laughs> Connor, I've never seen you look so handsome. We should keep this look. Words, he says as he walks by. <laughs> Words. <laughs> 
<laughs> Connor, I wish for you to go out and investigate the surrounding woods for the source of what this dog is barking at. As Connor approaches, all three dogs kind of run over to the corner and start barking at Connor. Is there a concern that these dogs might take him for a chew toy? <laughs> There's a gate, and they seem to be respecting the gate. Uh, beyond their excitement, they are extremely well-behaved, and the children riding them are not thrown about by their sudden enjoyment of barking at Connor. Okay. Um, yeah, so I will I will command him to go out and to to have uh, an, investi- like a, an investigation, realizing that he is a zombie and has very limited senses. Um, you know, he will stumble upon something and cause a commotion. And if he does not, and their barking continues, I would perhaps have to go out there with uh, with Evelyn for more further magical means of detection for disturbances. As soon as Connor leaves the area, the dogs seem to calm down, except for uh, Plump Artie, who continues his occasional barks in the direction of the woods. Evelyn, my dear. You seem to be somewhat of an accomplished and I sort of gesture not knowing what her class is or any information about her. Ooh, accomplished Delver or, or what is your class? As far as I know it's Paladin. Right. So Paladins have some magics that they can call upon. Um, do we have any way to communicate with this dog and find out its quandary? No, not that I know. I have the ability to comprehend languages, but that is for reading. Uh, My ability, does the orc or the satyr with us have these abilities? You know, Splinterbelt, he talks to birds. Hmm, can he talk to a canine? Possibly, but I don't know. Perhaps we He also rides him. horses really well, too. Maybe he does. Then let's, let's ask your orc friend. What's his name? Splendorbelt? Splendorbelt. Let's ask the, uh, the great Splendorbelt, the strong Splendorbelt, for his assistance. Splendorbelt, you've been left alone for about 45 minutes here. What have you gotten up to touring the grounds? Mostly just going around. I did notice back here a lot of barking and freaking out. Couldn't really tell what was going on. Although, let's say I've made another loop, and I'm here, and I wonder if the loop hero (laughs) is like loop hero. I'd like to do is something else to sort of see what maybe what he's barking off into the distance here, off to my left, or I guess the east or west. Yeah, make an animal handling check. Okay. So Splinterbelt appears behind you all. Uh, he seems to have been doing his loops. Yeah, dutifully. Here we go. Uh, that'd be a 17. You stick out a hand, and Plump already runs right over to you, and you just get to pet the heck out of this massive mastiff. Uh, he immediately calms in your hands. See? He's really good with animals. I don't know how he does it. Uh, Splendor Belt, mm. can you speak with this creature? Uh, he only can speak to bird. You cannot speak to canines. No, but you can speak to birds. Yeah. Have you tried speaking to the canine? I can give it a shot. 
Perhaps you have this ability and don't know it yet. Do I know his name is Plump Artie? Has he got a name hanging around his neck or anything? No, you you wouldn't have uh, heard the various children yelling the names of the dogs as you made your rounds. All right, I will look straight in the dog's eyes and go. Can you understand me? Just sit there and go. All right. Just <laughs> Before getting back to it. All right, I will. Um, I will turn back to Delfonte and say, "No, does not appear. Well, he's not. He's maybe he understands, but not saying words back to me means it doesn't matter. It's no good." Well, that is disappointing. But are you able to sense anything about his feeling? Do you think he's agitated at something beyond? What a dog might normally be agitated by. Let me check. Not unusual for a dog to howl at the moon for hours on end. So, um, nothing. What else could I do to see if there's any? Is there anything else I can do to see what's going on? Any of your skills or spells you can cast, but this is where I would leave it up to you. Okay. Um. Mm, let me just look and remind myself real quick here. About my features and traits. As you're sent, as you stand there thinking, you can feel the time limit running. The guests have begun to pull out of the mansion. They're beginning to take their seats over by the ceremony area. You can see Co bustling about, moving uh, cups of blue wine from the bartender out into the guests and back and forth and moving with these half-finished cups. Co, with your advanced dexterity, you have no trouble maneuvering between the many, many, many short people that surround you. And in fact, you're quite happy to not have toes because your hooves can land directly where they mean to and you don't step on any feet. All right, given my dark vision, I will squint hard into those trees to see if I see anything in there moving. (laughs) Any kind of like movement up to 60 feet, any kind of like just shadow or anything. Alright, roll a perception. Can do. 19. You look you look into the woods. Your eyes adjust to the darkness and you see a man stumbling about through the woods with a silk bag over his head. Shit. Uh, I would move a little closer. Get it, see if I can get a better look at that. Am I near this? Do I see? Do I see Splinterbelt approaching that man? Yeah, you are on the edge of the forest as well. You're out by the dog ring, and you see Splinterbelt's eyes lock onto something as he starts kind of stalking into the woods. Okay, I, I will. I, I will be able to read Splinterbelt's intention that perhaps he's identifying Connor as one of my as an assailant of some kind and I will uh, say no that's just Connor out there no need to no need for alarm Connor come back I will summon Connor back you hear a distant as Connor breaks twigs and starts snapping his way back through the woods now Connor have you seen anything out there grave oh it seems and like my eyebrows will go 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 all crazy, uh, and, and I will I will tug at Evelyn and say, 
there's a grave out there. This could have dire meaning. And I would like to pull her along in my excitement. <laughs> and I'm going to ritually cast, because understanding that the wedding's starting soon and feeling pressed for time, I will try to quickly as possible ritual cast detect magic while searching for the grave. All right. This is a 10-minute spell, yes, but you're it's sort of clearing it. Yeah, so I think we I think I might have ten minutes before the thing starts. I, I much if, if there's enough time I would like to do it. If not, I will use the slot. But um Okay, uh, let's roll an arcane check. Maybe you can sort of hurry it along for a less advanced version of the ritual. Eight plus seven is fifteen. Are you a candleman? What what sort of rituals does the great <laughs> Dauphin ta- uh cast? I got some candles if you need them. Right for detect magic, um, it's verbal and somatic only. So okay. I'd have, okay. I would have to make gestures, and I would be saying the following: "Ut visus ad detitonum relatorum." As I cast it, your magic, your magical senses, hurried in this way, echo out into the woods. And you sense a great deal of lingering necrotic energies mm-hmm. coming from deep in the woods. Okay. Um, so so if there was, if it was a creature or an object, I would see any auras. Just not saying if, if that's the case from the detect magic spell. But what I, I'm sensing necrotic energies. Yes, more like a stink yeah. on the wind rather than an actual figure or location, uh, perhaps too far away for even just normal sight through the woods is, to give is you. There like a, is there like a witcher, a Geralt of Rivia trail uh, leading, leading me anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Footprints going orange? Sadly, no, you're not Batman either. Yeah, okay. So I'll turn to Evelyn and, you know, if, if uh, Splendor Bell can hear this, that's great. And I will say, there is a faint stench of necrotic energy upon the air. Something foul is afoot. Shing, shing. I pull out my two maces with my face on them and kind of take up a stance of caution. I will reach a hand out and go, hold. If necrotic energy is involved, what we fight may not succumb to the mere metal. Uh, We best not threaten it till it proves to be a threat. What would you have me do? I would have you. And this is uh, Captain Autumn Dew appears behind you. Put away your damn weapons. <laughs> what is, the ceremony is about to start. Uh, Splunderbell, into the woods. Into the woods where no one can see you. If you're going to be not- in full armor <laughs> with weapons, you will wait in the woods. And I'm nodding in agreement at this. Like, <laughs> I have my hands on my hip. With, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move in there a little bit. I'll get over by these trees right here. So that I'm hidden and I'll still keep my shit out because I'm super paranoid there's something bad in there. Ah, oh, my heart. Oh. Great, Dauphin, if you would please join us at the ceremony. My dear Captain Autumn Dew, I must tell you, and I lower my voice, I do not wish to alarm your guests, but the faint stench of necrotic energy has polluted the forest surrounding your wedding. Do not be alarmed. The great Devant is here to get to the bottom of it. Along with his Delver assistants, we shall resolve this rubrics. I think that I used that right. I like it. it sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. But but 
you need to buy us some time to investigate further. The ceremony's about to start, and people will expect you to be there, your greatness. Our charge was to ensure that whatever poltergeist or gasm is around here of the great, uh, his name was Hopper, of Grandfather Hopper, gasm? should not interrupt the wedding. We really can't a- start the... Sorry, is, is it ga- Grandfather is Hopper? Sorry, did no, I get it right? No, you said gasm. And I, is gasm a thing? I didn't know gasm was a thing. Splendabeltagasm is a general term for whites and ghouls of various kinds. Got it. <laughs> so it could be... <laughs> they usually... <laughs> I love the voice wasn't done, but this was in character. Splendabelt... <laughs> starts laughing at the word gasm. Splendabelt would turn around and tell this joke, he would say. So you are saying it could be undead orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same. No, you cannot say that. They're the same thing. Oh, shit. Let me do the necrotic work. You do the physical things. Um, <laughs> Captain, Captain Autumn Dew, we would not fulfill our quest's requirements should this wedding be interrupted by a gasm or, or, <laughs> or geist or any such thing. You need no. to buy us a bit of time. It's teamwork, though. Splenderbelt can keep watch. He'll let us know if something goes wrong. And that was a good joke, Splenderbelt. I like happens after yeah. the wedding. Yeah, the, the gasm is is after the we- the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I shall refrain from using this term further. It appears to confuse <laughs> those not uh, <laughs> versed in, in the arcane and the necromantic. <laughs> it's my fault. The necromantic guest. Yeah. And then I look at Connor. I say, Connor, stop laughing, even though Connor's just standing there, mouth agape, doing nothing. Can you do this for me, Captain Autumn, too? I, I simply do not wish for there to be a scene. It will be a scene if you're if you're not present in the audience. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, hopefully, Splenderbelt here can keep an eye on the woods during the ceremony prep. No, fine. It'll be okay. Just trust us. We've right. taken care of lots of things before. It'll be great. I simply don't want to ruin the special day for a fine young man. Is it a young man and young woman? I don't want to. The parties are. Yes, it is uh, the groom, Limwick Hopper, and the bride, Fresna Goodwine. I simply do not wish to ruin the great wedding day of a young man and young woman beginning their life anew. Fine. Let us go, Evelyn, and be a part of the ceremony. Splendor Belt. I stay here to watch for necromantic whatever. Gasm Connor, or otherwise. I'm good. Connor here Connor here will assist you. And I, I command Connor to go stinky Connor to go stand near Splendor Belt. Uh, okay. You should use him as a shield if you must. He can take hits. Well, trust me, no problem pushing him in way of fire. It's fine. Yes, that's that is what a personal assistant does. They fall on gr- uh, explosive runes and such. <laughs> that is their purpose. Okay, Connor, you are here with me, and I will. I'm going to face that forest and keep an eye out for what the hell's happening. Okay, so uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, so I'd like to take Evelyn's arm again, and we will return uh, to the wedding. But because I am a showman. I will be casting the gust. So the one of the uses of gust spell is to simply Marilyn Monroe yourself, like kind of like just blow cool wind on yourself. So when we enter back into visible view from the tree line, we will do so in a grand flourish of uh, excellent wind. 
Did she blow on her? Oh, the thing under her dress. The well, not under her dress. I mean, just cool wind. I'm not trying to. Act- I just mean it's like you could. I can cast wind. Okay, this went in a place I didn't intend. Well, no, I just mean like. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's focused on yourself. You're making yourself look all wispy, yes. cool, and magical. Yes, exactly. Got so it. there'll be a grand flirt. The whole pur- purpose of the gust spell is mostly to blow wind upon. Like every time anyone said, "This is the great Dofante," I will cast gust upon myself in punctuation uh, of that. Anyways, perfect. As you walk amongst the guests, and we're going to use a massive token here to symbolize the ceremony and the large crowd that moves through about it. They're not a monster. They're just a token there to make sure we all know where the ceremony is happening right now and the main crowd is located. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, they all whisper among them, oh, oh, is that the Great Dauphin? Oh, I didn't know he would be here. Oh, oh, the Great Dauphin. Oh, the Great Dauphin. Is he going to perform tricks for us? Oh, mommy, I hope he performs a trick for us. Oh, don't bother the Great Dauphin. He's a great man. Okay. They all whisper among themselves as you blow See, your way. Seeing their excitement, um, it would not be improper for me to to present myself, I think, a little bit, like to confirm uh, what I would like to do is I would like to address the crowd and, you know, I'm preparing what I'm going to say in my head as I buy for time. But one of the things I want to do while I do this is that I can, I'm a master of illusion. Uh, so my sub school of wizardry is illusion. And that means I can cast minor illusion, not only as an image, but also as a sound. And I can't animate the minor illusion, but what I can do is keep casting it. So you know how, like, in video games that can't afford full animation budgets for their, their, their CGI, they do, like, tableaus of, like, animated portraits that change every few seconds as the narrator says a story? So that's what I would be doing with my hands as I address the audience, showing them images in pictogram form. And I say... Attendance of the fine wedding. Yes, it is I, the great Dauphont. And yes, I am here with a beautiful woman from the city. And I will you I will gesture to her. Behold, as I tell you a tale of adventure. Um, just to buy a bit of time as the weddings. So I'm sort of barding a little bit to buy time for the wedding impromptu. And I will tell a grand tale of the time I, and this is of course, uh, this is a, a lie and not a real tale, but a tale of a time that I and my master, Garthup of Rule, went to a city called Batu in order to stop an unjust blockade by the trade federation and the you know the rebellion that had occurred um as a result and that we assisted with ultimately vanquishing uh our foes and finding you know uprooting the despicable plot and 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 liberating bad what did i say badu <laughs> of of the blockade so with your illusions you transfix the audience with this tale and as mm-hmm. it starts to end, some of them start to, you know, cheer and clap. And, hey, tell us the savior of the halflings. Yeah, you saved that halfling truck. Uh, truck. Uh, carriage that one time. Here are the halflings. Yeah. And you Just, start to begin oh. to dive into the next story. But the band begins to play. Yes. And the back and, doors open in the mansion. And I would note to tell that tale, I would first have to tell the tale of the attack of the simulacrum. That, that's the next episode in the series of tragedies. Of course, but you are ushered towards your seat as the wedding begins. And a beautiful, beautiful groom's brigade 
<laughs> comes out and and eventually they take their place on the on the stage and a small two foot high priestess comes out in little white priestess robes and she carries with her an empty cornucopia a great sort of uh, a ram's horn with her and it dominates her entire body as she makes her way up onto the stage with it and places it down in a perfectly made little pedestal that's kind of lopsided so it sits you know perfectly level up there on the stage and then the wedding song begins and it's very fluty and bangy and the halfling music plays and an old old halfling man heavy set wearing a a fine tux where you can definitely see one of those sort of tucked in uh bugs bunny kind of roll downs in there he's got his little uh He's got his little bow tie on, and he's walking with a walking stick that's all black with the top gold of a fist. And he's using that to walk as he holds his granddaughter's hand and moves up across. Everyone goes, oh, oh, Mr. Goodwine. Oh, Mr. Goodwine actually appeared. Oh, Mr. Goodwine's here. And they all make their way onto the stage. The priestess walks forward. Oh, what a beautiful day it is for a wedding here below the sunlight and breeze of Yandala. All be praised. And and this goes on. And this goes on and on for a time as you sit patiently in the audience. They exchange their vows. They exchange rings. They great... A great cart is brought out filled with gold and gems and some kind of black powder. And as part of the ceremony, the couple fills the cornucopia first with the gold and then with the gems and then together pour the black powder on top of it. The priestess kind of scoops up a large bit of this gray clay and kind of smears it, sealing the cornucopia closed. And everyone celebrates and screams and huzzas at this ending. And the couple kiss and they run off the stage back into the mansion for a portrait, perhaps paintings. But the party stands and begins to make their way over to the food. Now, Splendor Belt, you're out in the woods during all this. And you see the ceremony taking place from afar. Mm. Uh, you stand in the woods next to a zombie wearing a silk cloth over its head with two eye holes as he reeks of perfumes and kind of <laughs> rocks back and forth. Okay. Uh, I would have been pretty steadfast out there and not been distracted much. Uh, did I see anything? Do I see anything new? Should I, do I, do I still feel like I should be alert? I guess it depends on what I see. You stand there, using your passive perception, kind of scanning the area as an occasional, uh, and gas this little, <laughs> escapes from the zombie. Ugh. And you see a pair of red eyes floating through the woods, making its way south. Ugh. Okay. Do I, um... South. So it's in the woods, out to the west of the wedding proper, and it's kind of weaving amongst the trees. Is it going toward the wedding? It's going down south, almost towards the pagoda and lake. Okay. Okay, I would want to sort of check that out. Um, so I would not loudly, not necessarily aiming for stealth, but I would... I would just kind of try to creep among these tree trunks and just sort of get around, I don't know, here to see if I can see any better. 
as you walk and you try to walk carefully, not, as you said, stealthing, but moving carefully not to make too much noise, behind you the zombie just tromps on every stick, trips over every rock. <laughs> Sorry. Connor, damn it. Um, uh, Connor, you do favor for me? Walk yeah. up walk up close to uh, Red Eyes and see if you can tell what this is. So I'm going to basically send him out like a guinea pig. Okay, and because he was given um, like proxy command, so to speak, uh, by my will, or the will of Defonte, yeah. Dauphin, um, he will do as you ask. Okay. And he moans as he does it. Okay. So what'd you command him to do? Go and mess with this, or just go walk over where these eyes are. Or where the eyes are floating. I want to see if I can see what happens if he gets too close. You see Connor head out down into the woods in front of you. Your dark vision keeps an eye on everything, even though it, it's getting now to be. Well, let, let, let's see the wedding schedule. Uh, we have completed the <laughs> the cornucopia filling, and the final blessings are taking place on stage right now. It's about 6.30, so light's starting to fade a little bit as we get into the evening. And Connor heads out. You can see him moving through the woods with your dark vision. And those red eyes get a little lost as they bend the corner, heading back east, still in the woods. Okay, I would follow along behind at a distance, just to sort of keep my eye on this process. Meanwhile, at the ceremony, everyone is still seated. The, the bride and groom have run off and the priestess is standing on stage doing a blessing for the entire con- congregation. Now, with your experience with halflings, Dauphant, you know that this wedding usually ends in an explosion, a great, a great bit of small fireworks that let loose some doves. And you know this moment is coming up. And so she continues, And in the beauty of this beautiful day, oh, the blessings upon us and the blessings to you, to the good wines, to the hoppers, united at once. And she throws her arms into the air and little, little sparklers go off behind her, but there's no doves. Would we all be expecting doves? And is this a problem? There, oh, uh, <laughs> seconds are ticking by and everyone starts to kind of look at each other. And the crowd grows nervous. I will no lean over. Doves. What's going on? Uh, to me or to uh, to you? Uh, oh, to me. Everyone looks pretty nervous. Um, <laughs> I'll respond back. I think they're expecting doves, but none have appeared. Sabotage. <laughs> so everyone's re- waiting for the doves, but there's no doves, and there's a, is there an audible gasp at this? It's just dead quiet, and the little sparklers are. And starting to die down as they've lost their their wicks and slowly burn down. The priestess stands and begins to look over her shoulder. Uh, I don't have anything I can help to keep the show going. Um, <laughs> my minor illusion will not suffice uh, to save it, but I, I'm sort of at a loss. Is Captain Autumn uh, do uh, visible to anywhere? You don't see her, but she's likely attending to the couple directly. Should we investigate? Hold on, I think I got it. 
there's supposed to be an animal, right? Any animal? Does it have to be doves? Uh, no, um, I suppose not. Okay, cool. And then uh, Evelyn will cast. Evelyn will cast her steed spell and summon an elk behind the stage that rears up on its hind legs and then dashes off into the woods. Okay, hang on one second. Is is that a instant cast? Or is it a ritual? It is instantaneous. Okay. <laughs> Although it so, says casting time, 10 minutes, duration instantaneous. Oh, so you do have to kind of sit there and, and summon said beast. Now she's going to start doing it anyway. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. Oh. Instead, she'll throw the goat. Yes! <laughs> okay. Wait, what? The time goat. for the goat. And got the goat out. You, got, you have a goat? Yes! Yes, a once-a-month goat. So she'll try to stealthily roll the goat under the chair legs so that it appears by the stage. Roll the okay. Goat. <clears throat> roll the goat. Let's do a athletics as you send that thing bowling down the hill towards the... Wait, the stage. in order for showmanship, hang on, as we're doing this, I just because it's all happening so fast, I could make you invisible so that you go and deliver the goat without it being noticed, and then you come back and sit down. So if I have an instinctual read on what she's trying to do, I will, I will quickly whisper, I'll make you invisible, and you do the trick, and I will cast an invisibility upon her um, by uttering the words... Uh, hang on, where is it? Dalconi uh, uh, And I'll just touch her, and she will turn invisible for one minute. All right, you are invisible. A minute. Right behind you here, bloody hell! From one of the halflings, <laughs> who was struggling this whole time to see over Evelyn, but now has a clear view of the stage. <laughs> it's fine. Evelyn? <laughs> I, just, I, this is fine. I guess make a stealth check instead. Because this is normal invisibility, not true invisibility. 17. Okay. A, a couple people get brushed by a dress as you sort of weave your way out of the crowd. But overall, you don't step on any toes or make a big show of it. Uh, the the whispers behind you, what, where, where did she go? The beautiful woman, she's gone. But that it all pales in comparison as you go around the back of the stage with your minute. And you find back there a sprung open box, the lever thrown, but inside... 20 dead pigeons, white pigeons, doves, quote-unquote, all dead inside. Is, is there a room under the stage to kick the box? You just, like, shove it under the stage? Yes, sure. absolutely. Hide it from view. Sure. Your, your massive plus-four strength easily handles this box of dead birds. How many seconds has it been? It's been 45 seconds. Okay, so she's going to go visible. Okay. <laughs> Keeper will place the goat, and then as she places the goat, she'll pick up two of the white pigeons and hold them up high and then dash back to the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Make a performance check. Perfect. 19. 19. All right. Everyone's, where'd she go? Turning invisible at a halfling wedding's a bad omen. And they're all just whispering amongst each other when suddenly these two birds, these beautiful white birds, limp but climb into the air 
flapping up and down a little dramatically like Halloween bats, but hey, everyone's buying it. And then they run, they fly, just two dubs back into the woods. And Dauphine, you think you saw a woman carrying them in a dress in the last couple seconds as they enter the woods, but nobody cares because suddenly a large 13 foot tall white goat appears on stage and goes, And and when that happens to encourage the audience to clap, I will turn around and clap to signal for them to to be clapping and cheering. Uh, All right, all right. And the priestess. Ah, oh, oh, yeah. Praise. Praise your uh, Yandala. And that's where we'll take our break. Nice, nice. Very nice timing. All right, we're so, going to take a break. Teamwork, Evelyn. That's right. Uh, don't leave too far because in nine minutes and 54 seconds, we'll be back. So come back then and we'll see you for more. What an exact time. Yeah, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty intense. All right, we're back for more. There will be dungeons with part two of today's adventure. Kyle, take it away. The halfling party has begun. Everybody's celebrating. Let the celebration enter. The procession has moved over to the tables. All the halflings begin drinking and eating. It's a rather raucous affair. There's really no lines. Everybody's cutting in front of each other. And Co, you are extremely busy managing all the cups and plates that are being passed and forth to you. Uh, Spice steelhead has been provided at the tables. Cheese breaded catfish, frogs on a stick, potato and rabbit stew. It is quite the event. And you can see in the background that the cornucopia has been loaded up onto some sort of stick and pointed towards the backwoods. As this party begins to take hold, small fireworks are being set off. The children are all enjoying the dog rides, having a wonderful time. Dauphant and Grinkeeper make their way over the party. But Splendorbelt, out in the woods, Connor has returned, unable to find the eyes. And looking around, you see that the red eyes have slowly floated out floated out of the woods in the south and are making their way towards the lake. Oh, boy. Um, okay. I would, um, I would, I would kind of rush past Slow Connor and get within a a range like this. And without yelling too loud, I'd say, uh, eyeballs, halt! <laughs> the eyeballs do not listen to your command, but slowly hover over one of the ducks and then descend down and fly into their eyes. And the duck goes, and its eyes open, bright red. And it yep. bends down like it's going to get a snack from under the water and instead pulls up a knife. The duck does? The duck does. And it's in its bill, I assume? Yes. <laughs> All right. I won't overreact to that. I'll uh, I'll get up to the edge of the lake, though. Sort of here, just keeping a real tight look on that thing. Mr. See- Mr. Duck, you bring knife on this side of lake, please. 
The duck doesn't respond to your commands, and you see Mr. Goodwine, the old halfling, making his way out of the ceremony area very slowly. The party has been going on for some time, but he's just starting to move out of that area. And as the duck kind of lines up on him, it begins to flap its wings. Oh, boy. Um... How fast is he moving, Mr. Goodwine? Very, very slowly. All right. I would command Connor to go over here and run interference. (laughs) (laughs) You command Connor to... How how so? How is he going to do this? He requires instruction as a zombie. I would say... uh, I would go, Connor, get... get, Stop Mr. Goodwine from coming here. And I'll point to Mr. Goodwine. Stop Mr. Goodwine from coming here? Keep him from the lake. (laughs) All right. Connor immediately heads over and begins to push Mr. Goodwine along. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I just want to keep him out of danger while I figure out the frick is going on with possessed duck here. The duck takes to the air and does a couple of circles, gaining elevation and flies in the air. I would, uh, I'm going to assume problem here and I'm going to try to cast, hmm, I don't want to cause a stink. Hold on a second. All right. I'll, I'll hit it with sacred flame (laughs) just to see if, you know, it's a duck. duck. It's just a freaking duck. Yeah. (laughs) So All right, I roll dex to uh, have to beat 11. Yeah, no, 14. 14? <laughs> right. The duck flies in the air and begins to make its dive bomb. It kind of moves the blade over in its bill so it's pointing forward and begins to descend on this great arc towards Mr. Goodwine when a great ray of heavenly fire smites it from above and it slams into the ground there in the benches before the ceremony area. Does this make a loud sound that disturbs everything? Yeah, is it all... Is it cause a ruckus or no? The duck (laughs) flops over itself dead. And other than the groom's slingers, no one seems to notice. All all the festivities are going on. The music's loud. People are drinking and enjoying the cheeses. There's now a dead duck. Well, Connor, Connor will look at Splendor Belt quizzically. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the duck now? Uh, the duck would be located here in the first row of seats right. in front of the stage. I would make my my way around here very quickly as fast as I could get over here and grab that duck and jam it in a pocket or something in my one of my bags and then where do you go um kind of away from the party but over here where greenkeeper and delafonte are harry belafonte i'm going to put him right here and take that duck with me um where's co oh he's way over there all right yeah i'd take it over there and i'd say 
uh, we may have problem. And I'll pull this duck out and <laughs> flop it out in front of everybody. But kind of keeping it, you know, we're kind of tucked. I keep it tucked in, kind of quiet. I'm not trying to make a big display here. And I'll explain cool. what I saw. I saw these eyes. They were in the forest. They uh, We went and followed them for a while, me and um, Connor over there. And uh, it finally came out, went into that duck, or into the duck. The duck's eyes turned red. Duck picked up a knife, and then I think was going to try to kill Goodwine over there. Is what I'll explain. All right. Roll a stealth or acrobatics. Okay. No, I'm nervous. Um, stealth or acrobatics? Oh my gosh, they're the same. All right. Well, stealth has disadvantage, so I'll do acrobatics. Uh, ten. You don't injure anybody, but Co, you see Splendorbelt bulldozing through the crowd of halflings towards you, and he's carrying a dead duck. <laughs> okay. I, and he, I'm still over, you know, doing... So I'm noticing this from across the way, right? Like, he's not coming to me. No, he's moving straight towards you. Splendorbelt is, is making his way around the building and coming right at you as you were sort of attending the drinks table there around the bartender. Oh, I thought he was doing that to Greenkeeper and Defonte. I was, um, but I'm coming now I'm coming toward you. With a dead duck. With a dead duck. I'm not I'm not like holding it aloft going, Hey, look, a dead duck. It's not like that. But I've got a dead duck in my hand. Alright, I'd start approaching him to kind of head him off before he gets too far into the gathering. He approaches you and tells you about the happening with the dead duck. You killed the duck. Yes. The duck had knife. Was going, it was uh, swooping down to kill somebody, I think. So I, uh, I took it from Sky with power of Paylor and it felt good. (laughs) Jesus! Can I just ask that. you: Is there at all even the slightest possibility that maybe this duck just happened to pick up a knife and was flying around? No. So, and then I'll explain: the eyes in the forest, forest eyes floating into the by the lake, popping into the the duck under its eyes, and then it turning red, and then it p- dipping down, getting a knife, and flying out. I'll explain all that. Okay. Did the I swear on future potato farm. This duck got knife through and flew in air, was going to assassinate man. Okay, fine. We have seen maybe weirder things than that. But um why don't you rather than walk around the party with a dead duck, why don't you find some place to put it? Okay, I keep it in bag for now. We can't let this... We need to uh, have it looked at. Like, perhaps our new wizard friend, he can do it. But it is, uh, you know... It's a dark, dark duck going on here. So I'll put the duck in my saddle bag or whatever bag I have. My backpack thing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you call it? My inventory. I put him in my inventory. <laughs> Butterfield takes off his adventuring pack and all the various <laughs> items and candles jangle about as he throws the duck inside. That's right. Meanwhile. Hey, what? 
What is what is this? I do not require speed, Mr. Assistant. Mr. Goodwine is being pushed and 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 hauled by Zombie Connor, who is attempting to still move him out of the way. Oh. Uh, Connor, you can call it off. He's okay now. Just walk away. Go see your master. Go stink up the other half of the party. Connor agrees and goes out to seek the great Dauphant who has joined the party. Grinkeeper, you made it back to your companion for the evening and you two join the dinner and are enjoying the lovely, lovely drinks and foods that are there being supplied. Uh, right now, the main drink is River Gut, a halfling whiskey. And everybody is being quite untame about it. They are enjoying themselves. That alongside the blue eyes, which is that blue grape wine that Ko has been moving about the party. I would like to compliment Evelyn and say, you have a bit of showman in you. You did a fine thing with the goat. Well done. Thank you. And thanks for the invisibility spell. That was great. Did the birds look okay? They were all dead. Most of the patrons here are drunk. Uh, you'd be surprised at how how little it can take to please a crab sometimes. Perfectionism <laughs> is elusive. You did great. Thank you. Think they're killing birds? Whatever this thing is? The duck? Did you see that duck? Uh, did, did we see that? We, she we saw it. Him. Yeah, and I brought oh, okay. it over and showed you. Oh, no, you brought it to Co. I don't. Well, he, I, we, we're at the party. I thought we were just at the party, not a part of. I brought it to right, you guys as, first. As we, as we described it, Slenderfeld sort of did a drive-by duck showing at your table, and then oh. made his way to Co. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, yes, I'm. I'm quite concerned about the duck. We should perhaps excuse ourselves and see if something mysterious is afoot. Are there yes. other birds at this party? <laughs> Greenkeeper will start looking around trying to see if she can find maybe a parrot or another ha- type of bird. To, why don't you go and inquire with the captain and I will go um, seek out some information of my own. Yeah, that's and a good I will, idea. I will, I will use this as an excuse to go to the building, which I believe is like where we walked through to pick up Hamlet and see if any, you know, get, get some get filled in. A few hours have gone by. I want to know what Hamlet's uh, been up to. And then Evelyn can can talk to Captain Autumn Dew. Your recon spider. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, Grinkeeper, you're heading to go talk to the captain. Yes. Okay. So, Co, you you shoo off Splendorbelt back to his his perch, his location on the edge of the party, and Splendorbelt goes. And as you go about serving drinks. You start to notice that they're leading from where Splendorbelt stuffed the duck into his bag along the top of the tents. You see footprints, wide halfling footprints in, in sort of like a black gank sludge walking along the top of the tent. There's no give, though. There's nothing pushing them down. Just black footprints leaving inky marks heading back towards the woods. Uh, I would begin following them. Just, I still trying to maintain the ruse of, you know, picking up drinks, but definitely would be focused more on that, probably missing some as he goes. 
and keeping his eyes on that and staying close behind. Greenkeeper, you go to the captain. She's busy with many of the servants that are working today. Uh, Captain, pardon me. Are there any other types of birds at this party? I I hope not. Uh, we're about to launch the cornucopia. What does launch that out. mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you see in the background, the priestess is... And a, and a fuse begins burning up into that clay on the cornucopia. And it flies into the air with the force and explodes. And all the gems and gold pieces that were stuffed inside begin raining down into the woods. And all the children who are riding the dogs and many of the guests go hooray and go running into the woods beyond to look for gold pieces and gems. Uh, well, that wasn't a good idea. I'll see you later. And Grinkeeper will take off into the woods after the other patrons. Where most of them have gone and just keeping her eyes open. Did Connor go with Splunderbell? No. Uh, he, Connor's with me. He, he got sent him, back yeah. to me. So I okay, imagine okay. Connor's ta- he's tailing me. Splunderbell, with your duck in your bag, you head back to the woods for another <laughs> rather boring extent of, uh, of watch here. But you look up in the air and you see above you. And golden gems begin to rain down on top of you. Whoa. I won't know what to make of that. Gems are like shiny potatoes. <laughs> no, I'll know, I'll know what gems are, but um, I won't. It'll be a little shocking. Like, well, when does this ever happen? Nobody rains. That never rains. So I will uh, assume once again something dark and shitty's going on, and I'll pull out <laughs> my two maces. <laughs> shing shing, and I will stand there in a scrouched, angry position, ready to defend myself against whatever's raining uh, down jewels and gold. Gold's falling on his head. Yep. You take position behind a tree, and you hear footsteps, many footsteps coming your way. Oh, shit. Oh, like from the party? From the direction of the party, yes. Okay. I'll whip around to the direction of the sound, wanting to make sure I'm not being, you know, overcome or accosted or tricked or whatever. You jump around the corner of the tree holding your two maces, and you see a halfling woman who is up who has upped her dress so that she's made a sort of pocket, and she's collecting gems and gold off the ground. She goes, oh! <laughs> I'm... I'm going to scream. No, it's fine. You, you, I, I'm not here to hurt you. You don't. Don't you have a question about rain? This is not normal. <laughs> make a, make a diplomacy. All right. Let's see if I can't calm calm her the f down. Excuse me. A uh, persuasion. Oh, I like that even better. Ah, an eight. She goes running from you. Ah! <laughs> in the woods <laughs> I work here and back to the party I work here it's fine is he still dressed up like a snake too I, I mean, he's still got a snake armor on yeah, he's not yeah. exactly you know he's not like wearing a cowl okay, or yeah. anything like that <laughs> but he was jumping out from behind the tree with two maces with his own faces printed upon them is the rain not weird <laughs> face face um alright well I'll just continue to wonder what the hell's going on. This just seems wrong to me. 
It doesn't. You see her run back to the party and rejoin her table, and everyone. You see hands being waved and drinks being risen, and and she joins the drinks, and everyone calms down rather quickly. Is it still raining jewels and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. These these small gems and gold pieces are raining down, and as you look around you through the woods, more and more halflings have begun to travel to the woods, all kind of <laughs> all giggling to themselves and picking up golden gems as they go. I will find the nearest one and go. Excuse me, is this part of party? This falling down of gems from sky? Ah! An orc. It's okay. I'm not. I am here to help. I'm g- freaking security at this shitty party. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> what is the what is deal with all this falling and you out here getting it? Someone his, explain his, this shit to me. His horrified eyes search around you, looking at your maces from one mace to the other, back to your face. But that triangle of look goes about four times until it finally settles on your bronze badge. Because, oh, oh, uh, guild security. Oh, oh, yeah, this is pretty normal. This is a festival, a wedding of Yandala. Everyone launches the cornucopia. Well, so this is on purpose. Do I get to keep any of it? <laughs> Can I scoop some up? It's just laying around, put in bag. Or is this problem? Well, I, I mean, you're... An employee, but I, I guess it's a race after all. Okay, go back to party, and I'll turn around, put my maces away, and scoop up a little bit of golden jewels and put them in my in my bag with my dead duck. Oh, oh well, Paylor, think. Oh, he'll be fine. <laughs> Paylor helps those who help themselves. That's after right. Yeah. I cannot, this yeah. look, this potato farm is not going to pay for itself. Make a perception check. Why pay Laura when you can pay less? Uh, hold on. <laughs> well done. <laughs> What'd you say? Perception. Come on check? down to Splinterville's discount. <laughs> Why pay more? Discount potatoes. When you can pay less. Uh, here it is. Perception. That would be a nat twenty plus two twenty two. <laughs> All right. Something overcomes you. A fervor. A fury. The need for gold for potatoes. And before you know it, you find yourself in the thick of it like a child at Easter, pushing other halflings out of the way as you begin to collect gold pieces. And you collect about 200 in gold and gems. Okay. 200 gold and 200, $200 worth, or 200 gold worth of the, all of that, right? Can I add it to my yes, inventory? Yes, yeah, so like half gems, half gold, and probably like 50 gold, but the gems are more valuable. We'll just go ahead and convert it right now to 200 gold pieces. Okay, I'm going to do that. Or right 220 now. gold pieces to match that roll. 220. Add. Okay, I've added it to my gold pile. <laughs> all right. I will then. Meanwhile, uh, back. Yeah, I'll, I'll back con- to the party. I'll there are other fireworks going off. Everyone's having a wonderful time, and the fireworks start to subside, and the music goes slower, and the couples come out and begin to dance. And you move through the dances, and you move past the speeches. Mister Goodwine delivers a beautiful speech about the family finally coming together after all these years. I'm just so happy to see the Goodwines and the Hoppers put this behind them and this wedding is so beautiful i just wish i wish it could go on forever and to bury this hatchet and to be here at the hopper state 
It's such a beautiful thing. And it goes on and on and on and on until eventually they basically push him off. But and another speech is made. Another speech is made as you all move about. Uh, meanwhile, Dauphin, you go back to the house. You find your mm. spider. Yes. And you said it like psychically communicates to you. So it doesn't yeah. have a little spider conversation. Uh, yeah, I believe I just I have it can. Well, I can see what it sees. Uh, I didn't really thoroughly read it. I don't know if that's actually a spell, no. but um, I have a sense. I can communicate with it telepathically. Okay, while your familiar is within 100 feet of you. So I actually can speak to Hamlet. Hamlet tells you of the various rumors in Scuttlebutt that's collected around the servants' quarters here. It tells you of the time that Terran Deepstride fell off the podium here and broke their leg at a previous wedding. How Iranvin's wedding, all the desserts went spoiled by the time they were served. There was even a rumor that you collected on your spider here that Mr. Goodwine killed already Hopper 15 years ago on this very estate. Do I know who said that rumor? The various servants who have moved about here. The spider's eyes are not so clear as to pick out the individual halflings or their names. Sure. He has a spider mind. He's not. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, hmm. But the one that perhaps interests you the most is that the spider found out among these rumors that when Hopper died, already Hopper, Grandpa Hopper, he died within his pocket, a deck of many things, his greatest possession. Oh. The hairs on my neck and on my skull rise up and bristle. You've done good, Hamlet. You are most trustworthy companion. And I allow him to crawl up my sleeve. Get Grinkeeper warmth. Where were you off to, Grinkeeper? She booked it into the woods with the halflings, and she's just keeping eyes on them to make sure no red eyes show up again. And uh, when she's there, she'll pop her second cast of Divine Sense. Okay. You head into the woods with all the halflings. <laughs> they run through the woods and giggle amongst themselves. You see one or two pushed over, and they're like, some big guy got me. Oh, well. <laughs> and they all go back to playing. And you you follow your senses through the woods, making your way back. Uh, Ko, you were following the footprints on the top of the tent. Yep. You also find yourself making your way through those tents, making your way to the woods where you see those same footprints now in the mud, in the dog pen, and the dogs all kind of grrr and sniffing at the footprints. And it's heading, it's heading for the woods, right? Correct. Okay, I would follow, continue to follow, um, but my goal would be that by the time it gets to the woods, and therefore a little less observable to the party in general I would try to close the distance and interact with that space to see if there's something invisible or tangible there I kind of kind of catch up to the feet as they're walking and swipe at them yeah not like a physical attack but like almost like a restraint like a grab as you let's do a, a grapple let's do a strength just to, just to get a look at your grabability Grabability. Probably not good. Uh, raw strength roll. Let's do it. A seven. You swipe out 
as you sort of catch up to these footprints being made. And they go, kunk, kunk, and then two feet sort of, boom, and you see the toes dig in as though it made a great jump. And then the feet stop moving. They're gone. There's no body there. You kind of feel around in the air. And now no more footprints? No more footprints out in front of you, but you're on the edge of the forest. Meanwhile, it's still like happy dancing times back behind you. I'd move a little bit into... uh, Are there any branches above me? Like if something jumped, could it have gotten into a tree? Or would that have been too mighty of a jump? You look up at the trees and these were pretty small spaces between the footprints as though they came from a halfling itself. And you don't see any disturbance of the above branches. Okay. I'll start kind of scouting around looking for more footprints in the immediate area. Just see if I can pick up a trail of any kind. Splendor Belt? Yes, sir. Whoa. Excuse me. I thought I was a smeared poo in the yard there for a second. <laughs> I'm good. You you have lost yourself a little bit in your hunger for potato farm funds. Yeah. And have made your way deep into the forest. And as you follow the gems and pick up another one in pocket and pick up another coin in pocket and pick up another one, you come to a stone wall and your eyes sort of move up from your Easter-like activity. And you find yourself in the middle of a graveyard, a small family plot about 25 feet by 30 feet. There is a statue about four feet tall with a great cornucopia on top of it, filled with fruit. And this is all stone. And otherwise, there are worn old tombstone heads all around you. Okay. This is familiar to me at all? You've never been here, though you've been in these very woods before, so you're familiar with the trees. Hmm. Any, like, markings I would recognize? Any, uh, I don't know, anything about these carvings or sculptures or any of that that I would recognize? You look around and you see uh, a hopper, hopper, hopper. It seems to be a hopper family plot here on their land. Do I see any activity? Anybody around? Any activity or uh, motion or anything? You look back behind you and some 200 feet away, you see all the various uh, sounds of the festivities and celebration coming through the woods. You see the uh, money and gem hunters, but they are far away from you. Uh, Though with your passive perception, you do make out a grin keeper in her dress, beelining through the woods in your direction. Coming toward me? Yes. Okay. That's good. Um, I would... Mm, uh, I'd pull out my maces again. Ching, ching. And I would say... Hello. Just see if anyone's around. And hello, hello, hello. Oh, kind of echoes through the woods. Another firework. Are you a Splendor Belt? Grinkeeper will call back. Yes. I'm coming. Grinkeeper, Splendorbell has his dark visions. He's able to see everything in plain black and white, but you're making your way through the woods in a nice dress, 
lit only by those fireworks that are going off occasionally in the background. So you're getting sort of a flash image of what's around you before it fades back down. Go on the edge of the party there by the dogs. You see a grinkeeper kind of hands out in front of her and then move a little faster when the firework goes off and then hands back to in front of her. All right, uh, Ko is going to go ahead and uh, I'm assuming didn't find any trail to continue to follow. So he's going to make his way over towards Grinkeeper and will call out the drift globe and light it up to kind of help light the way. Meanwhile, Dauphant, you're there pocketing your spider. <laughs> and suddenly that stench hits you again. Strong in your nose. The necrotic winds are back. This time they're strong. So I have a course of action in mind. Okay. Based on the rumors that I have. I would like to speak to Mr. Goodwine. Okay. And what I would like to do in order to do... Now, um, Evelyn, Co, and Splendorbelt, they're all in the forest variously at this point. Nowhere. Yes. I'm, I'm like near the building. Can I see Mr. Goodwine? I'm going to update the map here for everybody. So if you look far to the left side of our map here, you can see where Splendor Belt's trail of money has taken him and Grinkeeper making his way and code just on the edge of that forest. Uh, so, okay. So Mr. what I would Goodwine like... recently oh, delivered his speech, so he's kind of in the tables among the, fe the feasting. So what I would like to do is I would like to send Connor to go dance with Mr. Goodwine. Now, I anticipate Mr. Goodwine will not want to do this, so I will be nearby and approach and call off Connor, but what I will be really doing is casting a spell incog incognito. And I would like to cast Charmed Person upon Mr. Goodwine, but pass it off as me commanding the zombie to stop harassing the patron. Okay, sounds good. Let's roll a performance check. And then what do I roll for your Charm Person resist? Okay, so the, um, the resistance on the Charm Person is a Wisdom 15, um, and the beneficial effect would be that it regards me as a friendly acquaintance. Um, when it ends, he'll know that he's charmed, but it lasts for an hour. Okay. So I will roll that performance roll. Please be good. Uh, um, so, uh, so it is an 11. Okay. Um, yeah. So really the performance is just to conceal the fact that I'm casting a spell not to alert other people. Once he's charmed, he probably won't mind. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, All right, it's so, 11. <laughs> so, so we play through this. Mr. Goodwine is hanging out by his table at the top of the dance floor. And Connor comes around. Dance! Mr. Goodwine. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I, I, my, my knees are so I'm, I'm standing a lot tonight. I'm with the rest. <laughs> but you approach him and cast the charm yeah. upon him, breaking uh, up which, this, the, the pushing zombie on his back. Which has the verbal words of in course, societist, spiritus. Ah, oh, Delphine, I recognized you as a good friend. Yes, hello. Um, Mr. Goodwine, my dear, dear friend, I have urgent, um, I have an urgent message to deliver to you, but I can't deliver it here. Would you be so kind as to accompany me to a secondary location where I can share this information with you? Of course. Of course. You've done so much for my family, Dauphin. I will follow you wherever you go. 
All right, and so I will lead him out into the forest away from the procession. Um, now, I, because of what I've learned, I may not necessarily right away want to share it with uh, other the Delvers, but if they could be nearby, that would be great. So maybe in the... Where's Splendor? Oh, everyone's all over the place. <laughs> yes, but you do see Ko looking down at something, and then he looks up, kind of squints into the woods, and starts heading into the woods out in front of you beyond the dog pen. Okay, perfect. So I will go near Ko um, uh, in that general direction, taking him out into, into the woods so I can have a private conversation, but be able to call upon Ko should I need assistance. Roll a stealth check for me. Okay. Stealth delicious. Or a performance if you would prefer. Both uh, are fine. Perf- performance is stronger than stealth, so okay, if I'm go for you it. know hiding in plain sight, a natty twenty twenty six is the final result. Damn! So a little luck is on your side for this. You invite Mister Goodwine into the woods, a kind of creepy thing to do, but he's enchanted. Everyone begins to look amongst themselves. Oh, where, where, where's Goodwine going? Where's he going? Why is he going with the great Dauphin? They must have an important conversation to have, and then. All the fireworks go off and cover your escape. And everybody looks up and they cheer. And then uh, the captain comes out and goes, Supper is served. And all those plates are whisked away as sausage skillet and meat pies and fish cakes are brought out. And the great barrels from beyond the bartender are pushed over and the corks unpopped and great green beer begins to spill out from them. And the party goes nuts. And everyone starts doing that little, you know, the, the dance where you sort of angle your foot in and then you do the other one back and forth and they're all swinging their dresses and dancing around each other and grabbing hands and maypoling. The party is in full swing beyond you. Nobody notices you leave. Perfect. All right, so once I've got him sufficiently alone, that's when I will ply my villainy. Okay. Are you in range of co for this or what's the... What's the um, well, I don't want to be in audio range, although if he's got exceptional hearing, maybe he'll be able to break that. But generally speaking, I just want to be able to call out. I want to be, If I have to call out for assistance, I want the uh, Delvers to be able to respond, but I otherwise would prefer they didn't hear the conversation. All right, let me move Mr. Goodwine and yourself out into the woods. We've got Co not near range, but about 40 feet away. Okay, perfect. So in hushed tones... I will say, Mr. Goodwin, we are good friends, yes? Oh, it is good wine, but you're such a good friend. You can call me anything you want. All right, and now I will lie, um, which <laughs> I Which will, will automatically succeed, right? Because he's charmed by you. I think so. I mean, I think maybe I'll have advantage or something. I don't know, but this will definitely be a deception for your information. But I will okay. say, I've been sent here on a mission to protect from some ghastly apparition of Grandfather Hopper that they were worried of, but I will tell you my true mission. Oh, you mean a gasm. There's a gasm here at the party. <laughs> yes, the gasms The gasms are quite real, and that's why my cover story works so well, but I am been sent here to protect you, for there is a plot upon your life. It has been said that you have an artifact of great power, and there are those that plot to murder you and take it from you. And I alone am here to protect you. Oh, I'm so honored. I'm so honored to have you protect me. And he pulls 
the top of his cane, that fist atop, and he pulls out the top as a dagger, a little short sword. A dagger to a normal-sized man. Good, I see you've already made arrangements to protect yourself. Now, simply put, in order to best be able to protect you, I need to know, is the artifact secure? Now, is this part of the deception part? Because the artifact you were... the. The deck was on Mr. Hopper's body when he died. Right. I, oh, I was, a, so I kind of interpreted it as because of the murder rumor that he might have murdered him and taken. So I'm, I'm fishing for him to say, to confirm that he has it uh, through this sort of verbal, this manipulation, you know? Perfect. To, yeah. So if he doesn't have it, he might, he might lie about this, but since I've charmed him and I'm his friend, you know, trusted, trusted friend. Why wouldn't he tell me I'm here to protect him? So if he hasn't, he'll, I'm hoping he'll reveal himself accidentally to me. You know? Oh, I got this, I got this plus one uh, protection necklace that I wear everywhere. You can have it, my good friend. Defont, no, you can no. have it. Defont, how, or not Defont, <laughs> Mr. Goodwin, we've known each other for so long. So long. I speak, I speak of an enchanted deck of cards. Enchanted deck? Do you not have I, that? The hopper deck. Oh, oh, that hopper. Oh, oh, already. He made me so mad. What did he do? He, he plagued my family, the hoppers and good ones, for years, for years, the trade wars. It came to blows. Yes, well, we know the hopper family are a bunch of scoundrels, yes? Oh, yes, how, yes, the hopper family. How did you feel so comfortable uniting those families when such bad blood remains between the families. Well, man, my good friend, my good friend, I, I, I felt much more comfort when Mr. Hopper was dead. Yes. And how did he meet his tragic end? You can trust me. Of course I can. You're my bestest friend. I, there's a tree. There's a tree deep in the woods, and and we, we beat him senseless, and I strung him up. Oh, Good. You have no idea how happy that makes me to hear you finally deliver justice to that Cretan. Oh, it, it makes me happy that you're happy, my best friend. But did you pilfer his deck? <laughs> <laughs> he had it on him that day, 15 yes. years ago? I did not know. I did not know so, I left him in the woods. So... So you didn't take the deck for yourself, then? I, I did not know his most precious deck was the honest person. Well, I have to tell you, Mr. Goodwin, that that deck... It's good wine, ancient... but you're such a good friend. Oh, you're good such... wine. Good wine, excuse me. Pardon me. Mr. Goodwin, good wine. That deck is an ancient good wine heirloom. You must help me to recover it now. Of course I will. What, what must I must... do? You must show me the pl the place of his murder and where his body was left. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right this way. All right. And, and, and he puts the dagger back in the stick so that it can function as a cane again, and he starts hobbling I, out into the woods. I will instruct Connor. I'll say, Connor, watch for any interlopers. And I'll put him on sentry duty. Perfect. I'm just checking the duration of the chart. It's one hour. Sweet. Cool. We, yeah. are, we are excellent. All right. <laughs> I have a new friend. 
Splendor Belt, Grinkeeper catches up to you, and you're both standing in the small family graveyard. Yeah. Uh, Splendor Belt, with your dark vision, you see Ko approaching in the distance, about 150 feet away, making his way through the trees. And still, for those of you without dark vision, you would see the ground illuminated by the various fireworks that continue to go off from the wedding. Okay. Um... Well, this is creepy. I don't know what this also, place is. why is it hidden? I don't know. Uh, perhaps it seems significant because it is on the map we are using for D&D. Is <laughs> the only reason I think. <laughs> well, Paylor supplies some metagame knowledge, you know? That's true. Um, have we thoroughly checked the place out? Or do we... Uh, you know, passively while this other stuff is going on, or do you, can we can we do some of that? Everything's been overlapping a little bit. So as you looked up and sort of took in your surroundings, Grinkeeper approached, and now Co is approaching. Okay. And we so you haven't had time to do anything else, really. We can see Co coming. So I'm going to. I'll say. Uh, I'm going to uh, just uh, make sure there's no immediate danger. I'll I'll walk around. Mace is out. Uh, and just kind of check this place out poke around. All right, you can both make investigation checks. Eight. Twelve. Splendor Belt, you look all amongst the various stones here, and you see names such as uh, Fendove and Nighthand and Belzor, Latran, Belevier, Fancy, fancy, fancy halfling names, but you don't see an already. You don't see a grave to Grandpa Hopper. Hmm. Our whole goal is to make sure this Grandpa Hopper does not haunt the wedding, but his grave is not here. Well, and how are we supposed to stop him? I don't know. Something is weird. We should talk to Ko and find out what is happening. Well, Ko, get, get, hurry up. You slow ass mother effort. Rings out through the woods at you, Ko. <laughs> hurry up. We have to talk. Ko comes running up. What did you find? This? And Grinkeeper all motion to an entire graveyard with apparently no path leading to it. Okay, did you, did something come through here? No, was what we are saying. Red eyes, this evil is, ducks. Uh, we are supposed, I was following mysterious footprints. What did you find? We were, we were trying, well, it's a long story as to why I'm here, but we are trying to find uh, Grandpa's grave. It's not here. So if he's, uh, you know, this haunting we are meant to stop, the entire job here feels uh, perhaps in peril now because there is no grave. For this man. Okay. I just want to be clear for a moment. We were hired to prevent anything from attacking the wedding, and we have all wandered out to the graveyard because. And looking at Thunderbelt now, you see his pockets filled with gems and gold pieces. <laughs> Glinting in the moonlight and fireworks. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> Professional. May I ask you a question, Splendor Belt? Mm. 
is the reason you are at this graveyard, that you were wandering through the woods acquiring treasure? Well, initially it was uh, concern for whatever was happening. I'd never, have you ever had it rain like this? This is new. And I put, wave my hands around wildly t- toward the sky as if that was somehow meant to say something. It was weird, and then I asked a uh, party goer, is it okay for me to pick up? It helped go to the potato farm fund, and he says, yes. So I pick him up. It's no big deal. But it is still significant there is no grave for Grandpa, so if we are worried about haunting of Grandpa, perhaps he either does not exist or is already up and out and is haunting, and we don't know it. Well, that is exactly my concern. If he is up and haunting, we need to be where he is, not where he isn't. Uh, so I was following back. mysterious footprints that were going into the woods, but I lost them. Oh. I'm worried that this is a bit of a distraction. I think we should turn around and head back and make sure nothing is happening with the wedding. Unless, Splendor Belt, you wanted to do more scouting in the area. Uh, no, let's go back. You make good point. We go back. Also, I expect a split of the treasure you acquired. <laughs> <laughs> I did all the picking Sorry. up. You evenly amongst us. My mistake, Ricky. Uh, oh, you can keep it. It's cool. 50-50. You all start heading back towards the party, and as you make your way through the woods, fireworks illuminate yet the area again, and you see the great Dauphin and Mr. Goodwine walking towards you. Mr. Well, Goodwine appears to be in a bit of a daze, but very happy. Come, my drunken friend. And, and, oh, and I'm show so me. drunk. I'm my best friend. Show me. So what we're trying... exactly is going on here, Defont? And and sort of so that Defont, uh, so that Mr. Goodwine uh, can't see, I, I I do a little gesture of this. A little shit. One of my eyes. Yeah. So it's signaling to the rest of the Delvers, but so that Mr. Goodwine cannot see. Oh. So we're to intuit that he's he's up to some control business. Now, Mr. Good Goodwine, um, my dear friend, you can trust these Delvers. They have been um, assigned to assist me in your protection. And then again I look at everyone and wink. Of course. Uh, it was brought this way, right beyond the family plot. Yes. Show me. Mr. Goodwine takes the lead, you know, and, he's, and he stumbles, his old self, uh, teetering and tottering through the woods here. But every time he stumbles, he just kind of catches himself and... Ah, uh, I'm so much older than I was. Oh, you're not that old, Mr. Goodwine. You have many years left and many celebrations and feasts yet. I hope so. The friend, Don't my despair. friend. Oh, I won't despair because you're my friend. <laughs> I have y- your best interests at heart. We will get through this. And as he makes his way over towards the graveyard, he stops about 15 feet from it and looks around. I, I don't remember. It was somewhere around. And just then you hear a crunch, a great as trees begin to fall deep in the woods. Another firework goes 
Uh, hurry, uh, Mr. Good... B- b- before assailants arrive, where, where where's the corpse? Where did you bury it? Did you bury it at all? I told you, I didn't bury it. I just left him right there. And as he says there, you see a massive tree come teetering through the woods on its big roots. It's got no leaves on it. A massive massive oak as a cool 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 and swinging from a noose on the side is a thin halfling body wielding a sword and it says good wine and swings its blade back and forth as it swings on its noose on the tree whoa 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 and Evelyn's gonna jump in the middle and go stop right now what is going on? The tree continues to advance, and the swinging body. Good wine. Okay, I would like to uh, cast the spell version, the non-ritual version of detect magic upon this tree. All right, you do it. Uh, and so I, I shout out, "Utvisus ad deditonem relatorum." And your robe kind of whooshes in the, in the necrotic winds that are exhuming from this tree in this body. And there, your little arcane vision, two kind of squares, kind of, and his upper pocket, you can see clearly the deck of many things. Roll initiative. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Just for that information, just to clarify. Are the creature, am I able to discern if the creature and the corpse hanging from the tree as like one entity or two separate entities? With your role, you would note that the body hanging there is the source and kind of the necrotic energies are going up through the noose and into the tree. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, and just again with the other question too, is the body a gasm or is it a a zombie? Like, is it a flesh gasm or a or an ethereal gasm. It's a do, full, I, do I know full this? body gasm? Full body with, gasm. <laughs> with your knowledge of the undead, you would immediately know this is a white. It is a thin, sun bleached body. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. So, and, let's roll initiative. All right. So thank yep. you. And in, 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 your, in that knowledge, you know that whites often rise by themselves. They have their own motives. This is not an animated corpse from another being. Mm-hmm. So you could say mm-hmm. white orgasm. Yes. Either one. Either one works, really. Yeah, it really, it or, really, it, it's orgasm. fluid. Yeah, it's fluid. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you guys took it too far. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, there's no such thing as too far. <laughs> All right. Um, my initiative roll is 18. All right. And we have a co at 16 and a grin keeper at nine. Yeah, and I'm at six. Glorious roll. I thought it was a one, but it was a seven. All right. Dauphant, so, you get the spring on things. Okay, so just for your awareness, the charm person is not a concentration, so I don't have to actually maintain any concentration on him, so he'll continue to remain charmed no matter what happens. The detecting of magic is, of course, concentration, but I'll be dropping that probably for other spell. Just, just as soon. Um, okay, so before me is an animated tree, a tree animated by this white dangle he's dangling it by, from, by the neck like is it yes. a noose yeah a noose around his neck and he's swinging a sword back and forth in front of him all right um 
Wow, my first combat, you guys. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, I will... Um, okay, so even though I'm not casting Gust, I will flourish and wind will flow all around my robes as I reach immediately onto my robe and pull off... Like It's not like it's a, a, a stitching or embroidered. It's just I pull a star from out of my robe... And then there's this long sort of stringy blue mana mozzarella that pulls and then snaps. <laughs> and then it poofs into like this energy in my hand. And I yell out, Tuz! 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 As I cast magic missile at the fifth level um, from the ability of my robe of stars, which I believe means uh, this one more dot per spell. Uh, one more dart per spell level above the first. So um, I can't remember what the baseline of magic missile is. I don't have it handy. I think it's three, maybe. Um, more so dots. Let me just see spells. Um, but it, with five, uh, if it would be a four, it would be four extra for every spell level above the first. Okay, a dart deals one d four plus one force damage. Uh, dart yeah, strike just... uh, three glowing darts is the baseline. Okay, so it would be seven seven darts of one d four plus one. I think I, this gives me. It says here. Hang on. Spells. Yeah. So each dart will be plus yeah. one to the four you roll. Right, and if you so, have them all on the same target, then you can just sort of math them all together. Yeah, so two, or sorry, three. Hang on. You'll be up next, go. Yeah. Three, four. I, mean, I got to roll three dice here. Two. And are you aiming the missiles anywhere particular? I'm aiming the missiles at the white hanging from the tree. Two, three, four, five. Like, I have this information. I don't know if like, I haven't communicated it to anyone else. But I'm just rolling for my seven. I'm at number seven. So, uh, math, shit. 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 points of damage for the seven darts as I fire off. I use a charge uh, and I fire off um, seven magic missiles totaling the number I said. 23. <laughs> Perfect. 23. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Bonus actions? Uh, movement? Uh, I will. F- I will fire off at the white. I guess let me look at the battle map here. Sorry, it's uh, been a bit. Where are we? Oh, yeah, we're way off into the woods here. Um, oh, no, I'm pretty far behind. So oh, am I within range? Even We could yeah. say that you move to advance to cast it. Yeah, as you're I move to advance to cast it. And I no, I will. I will. Uh, well, um, hmm. Oh, magic missiles, 120 feet. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I'm pretty far back, nice. so I will, I will, yeah, I will stand still with the other adventurers in front of me. Cool. I'll move you just inside that 120 feet, and there you are. Like I guess I would say, just as a default, so that to help you, I would totally use the Delvers as meat shields. Like, I would well, you're clear- spellcaster, meow. And you're but the I, I, I wouldn't be subtle about it. I would totally like run behind them and use them as literal walls, especially the half orc. Nice. Go. It is your turn. Uh, all right, Ko is going to move forward and get into a uh, defensive position for Mr. Goodwine. And as he steps in front of him, he's going to just say, it might be time to return to the party, Mr. Goodwine. And then he will activate both now of his psychic blades, energy erupting from both hands into two 
glowing blue psychic daggers in his hands, and he will take up a defensive stance, and I will do the dodge action. Did you say activate? Very cool. You said activate, right? Yep. Activate Pac-Man. Sorry, had yep. to do it. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> so he screams to the heavens and echoes over the, over the woods. Oh, that doesn't happen. The tree advances. Boom, boom, boom. And just trumps, knocks over the cornucopia statue, trumps right through the graveyard, making its way up to Co. Good wine! And the tree swings its branches down at Co and Good wine. Has disadvantage on the attack for me. It misses completely. As it Ooh. swings by, Mr. Goodwine, short enough, you duck. And Mr. Goodwine just happens to be short enough behind you. But as the tree goes by and sort of recoils coming up from its hit, the strung along swinging Grandpa Hopper comes right behind that with his sword and goes for a swing at you. He also has disadvantage. That is a 22. Wow. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. You take 13 points of slashing damage from the longsword. I'm going to use uncanny dodge and let's half that. All right, you do that. Good wine. It's his turn. He looks back to the great Dauphin. What what should I do, my best friend? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he looks the, um, uh, okay. What should I do? Hang on. Stay safe and I will, I will find cover. You must be protected at all costs. Get behind the orc. Ah, the orc, the orc with all the gems and the gold. And he goes running back to Splendor Belt and clamors behind you like a child. Splendor Belt, you're up. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to move. Let's see, code's right there, so let's go. Uh, I'm going to move right here. What about. Mm, actually, I'm going to get right up on him, and we're going to we're going to just pound on him. So here you go. All right, Mace is out. Mace is out. With the face, mace, face, mace. Uh, oh, hold on. Where'd my stuff go? There it is. Actions. All right, here we go. We're gonna do. Uh, do I get a hit from each? Hold on. You get to make a bonus attaction attack with the secondary. Right. Okay. So here's the first one. Let's do hit. Oh, Ten. It's not great. That is a miss. All right. Hit for the second one. 26. No, nat 20. That's a nat 20. All right. Roll your natty 20. All right. Nice. Hold on. Ooh. So let loose another d20 and let's see what happens. 17. 17. All right. It's an interesting maneuver with a mace, but as the tree swings down at Ko and Grandpa Hopper kind of swings back, good one, comes swinging by. He's sort of resettles swinging back towards you and you bring down your mace and you smack the branch that he's hanging from 
and the tree with its momentum from swinging itself falls over sideways and Grandpa Hopper hits the ground. Oh, I like it. Okay. So the tree and Grandpa Hopper are now separated. As it should be. Is the tree autonomous and can, does it seem to need him to do anything? Or is uh, it- the tree, you broke its limb and with that, the tree has fallen silent, unmoving. Okay, okay so he's not... Probably not controlling it. Um, okay. I think that's all I can do so far. Yeah, that's all I can do. Grinkeeper. Uh, Grinkeeper is going to get really angry that they didn't listen to her, and she's going to run up to Hopper behind him, and she's going to grab him up in a big bear hug because he's some tiny halfling, pinning his arms to his side. She's going to go, Hopper, let's talk about this now. So you run up alongside Splendor Belt, scoop up the undead halfling from the ground and face him forward away from you or is his face facing you? This is going to be facing away from me. All right. Make a opposing strength check. I got a 15. 13. So you go to to squeeze him up and he just pushes your arms out with his unholy strength and gives a no, good wine. That'll be it. Dauphant, you're up. Mm, All right, so, uh, sorry, number of charges this use. Uh... Sorry, I'm, I'm just... I should have done this while it wasn't my turn, but I was paying attention to everyone. I just want to know how many uh, charges... It used two charges. Uh, okay. We can also delay you till after Ko's turn if you just want to read for a little bit. Uh, no, let's go and fire more magic missiles. Uh, it's, it's not being held, right? Like, let's use this robe of stars. All right. <laughs> it's a one-week deal only. I pull off another comet. <laughs> and more magic and wind blows around me as I make this big circle of... Gatling gun of magic missile projectiles and and fire uh, seven more magic missiles. Uh, <laughs> I should, could have pre-calc this all, so uh, I'm out of practice, you guys. All right. Two, five, two, four. Okay, so this one is 10, 18, 20, 26 points of damage as seven more magic missiles fly through the forest, illuminating it blue and hitting the white. He takes them all in the chest, knocking him back, knocking him back. And oh, that'd be five more times. Until he trips over the back, the little wall alongside the graveyard and falls. And you hear a great crack as his head hits the back of a tombstone and the body just lays there. Yeah. <laughs> you hear you hear laughter from behind you as I laugh wickedly at my destruction. Silence falls, except for the party in the distance. Far off in the distance. <laughs> Good wine, oh. what did you do? 
Now I'll, I will intercede on Goodwine's behalf. I'll say, now, now, Evelyn. Goodwine and here are, are is a is our good friend, and we've been sent to protect him from a plot against the Hoppers. And I will try winking again. Ko uh, is going to kind of dejectedly deactivate his blades. He didn't get to do anything except get hit. And he's not feeling great about it. <laughs> so he turns off the psychic blades and pulls out a dagger and walks over to Goodwine, or not Goodwine, to Hopper. And do you think we take a trophy for this? It is uh, it is a zombie. He kind of grabs the gnarled bony hand and is like holding the dagger like he's not exactly sure if this is desecrating a body or if this is just retrieving a monster trophy well if he was if he was a zombie hmm. we could always say the hand fell off in combat Ko, Ko, be careful before you touch that there is a powerful source upon the body of this white, and we must extract it carefully. Behold, and I will cast Mage Hand by speaking out Carpe Mundo, and I wish to search the body with this ghastly blue hand for the artifact and reveal it to everyone so that they may see. Um, you see this yeah. blue hand fly out from Dauphin, and it kind of Start smacking the meat, looking around, kind of checks the, the lower pockets, and then makes its way up and very deftly unpins or unbuttons the top lapel pocket. And out of it slides a couple of cards. And the hand sooner gives, gives a little, ooh, little fingers wiggle back and forth, hmm, hungrily. And then ex- remove a deck of cards before flying back to Dauphant. I, okay, I won't pick them up, though. Okay, I will. I will speak to everyone and say, "Behold, an artifact of great and deep power." You will recall that I called dibs on such things. <laughs> How, uh, however, one must treat such an artifact with great respect and deference. If we touch it, it could be our undoing. We should not proceed till we know it's secure. I just want to know what happened with these two. Oh, I can explain that. Um, Mr. Goodwine here murdered uh, Mr. Hopper some 15 years ago for disputes that, come to think of it, Mr. Goodwine, what exactly is it? What was your ire with Mr. Hopper exactly that made you want to kill him justly? Mr. Goodwine walks towards the party. Are you still out in the distance, keeping keeping far away from all this? I would have approached uh, closer to the party. Uh, okay. So Mr. Goodwine walks over to his good friend, Dauphond. Trade wars. Oh, they were awful. Uh, the families, the Goodwines, the Hoppers. We couldn't get along. We hired bandits to stop each other. I tell you this because my good friend stands right here. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing, Mr. Goodwine, is that there is really no hero or villain in this tale. You are both the tragic victims of a classic theatrical trope of tragedy, the failure of families to get along. 
But tonight we bury that hatchet. We, we have a wedding and the two families come together finally and peace will be had. Let me recommend to you that you speak of tonight of no one. For your families would exile you. We live in a new world of acceptance now. People who are soft and despise murder and villainy. Who seek out to be good and accepting of all kinds. I do not recommend you share beyond this. Oh, I think, I think I've got something. Enjoy the spoils of your victory. Mr. Goodwine, you need to bury this man. Bury him? Yeah, you need to dig a hole and you need to bury him in his family graveyard. We wouldn't want to ruin the wedding. Roll Bo comes a- walking uh, up oh. alongside Greenkeeper while she talks, stuffing something in his dinner jacket. You'll note that Hopper is missing his right hand. <laughs> and uh, just sort of nods in the affirmative to give her support. Roll a persuasion as he's not charmed by you. Did my nod grant any advantage? My nod of support? You agree? Well, let's see how Splendorbelt feels about all this. Two things needs to happen. Grin Creeper... Creeper... Grin Keeper is correct. You must bury this man. Other thing that is true is new wizard man needs to give his share of money if he wants to keep shit that we don't get to have. So, you have your dib system? Fine. We take your money and split it. Wait, now you're talking to me? Talking to everybody. Okay. Um, I will respond and say, A fair trade. I will take this deck of cards in exchange for my share of the pot. I mean, if you are going to take cards no matter what, we should get your money, is what I'm saying. I still feel this is quite unfair, since I'm an equal participant in resolving this quest, but this is a delightful item that has piqued my curiosity. If it helps to make it easier for me to obtain this, then it's an arrangement I can agree to. As for the body, wise Evelyn speaks true. You must hide the evidence. Well, there's also. I, I also mean to, it more a soul finding piece, but. Yes. A perfect, co- a perfect cover story. No, no, no. And it's also. She may be true. It's also good because you should do. You should respect the dead. It's not just for cover story. This is for, you know. Find he came peace. back because he wasn't buried. Yeah, you find yeah. find peace. Move on. Uh, have uh, good feelings, and uh, then when we leave, we all go our separate way. I go work on potato. We are we have a happy happier uh, disposition. Mister Goodwine, listen to these folks. It is good advice. I back it. Oh, if you back it, I will do it. I, I just need a shovel. Does anybody have on their person? No, you use your hands. Oh, now, Evelyn, don't be barbaric. I don't have a shovel. Hands are great shovels. 
What sort of paladin would force a man to use his hands to bury a corpse? You're looking at the paladin that would force a man to bury the thing that resurrected that was going to ruin the very wedding we were sent here to protect because he wasn't buried before. Allow me to argue back that it will take too long for him to do it with his hands. We would like to get him back to the party so no one knows if he the wiser. No one's the wiser. Okay. I, I can use my dagger. The very dagger I stabbed him with multiple times before we strung him up. It's poetic. Do you agree, my good friend Dauphin? I will help you. My servant, Connor, and I mentally, you know, I call out, Connor! Uh... My servant Connor can help you. He's got great digging hands. Zombies are particularly skilled at moving earth around and escaping. So the plan is enacted. Goodwine makes his way towards the halfling small body of Hopper and in his old, feeble, and fat state, lifts him up. And Co, with your advanced perception, under the light of one of these fireworks that go off, you see that the white's teeth are gritted. He's furious looking in the face. And on his chest, this dark crack begins to form and down the body. And it begins to shake a little bit. But as Goodwine goes over and picks it up, it rests. The body limps, goes limp in its arms. And a small smile creeps onto the corpse's face. Goodwine carries it over to the yard, which has recently been... uh, Well, some room has been made because a tree walked through the middle of it. And he begins to dig hand and dagger. And then the zombie joins in and they make a hole and they bury Hopper. And as you all turn to leave to head back to the party with good wine, Ko, you look over at the bottom of the tree and there amongst the roots dripping is a black sludge. You all head back. Mr. Goodwine shakes it off a little bit. Uh, well, I feel peaceful. And walks off into the party. Does anyone do anything? <laughs> Does anyone enact a plan? Um, um try to, uh, uh, I would, <laughs> never mind. I just want to figure out a way to keep that guy in every story we ever do, but keep going, sorry. I love him. I have um, for the for the deck. I will not have touched it with my own skin. I will have collected it into whether some sort of cloth or canvas that I have and tie it to ensure it's secure, and then place it within my bag of holding. A deck box and little sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> I sleeve it Magic the Gathering style. <laughs> <laughs> These are valuable cards. We don't want to devalue them. A little anime it's, girl on the back. If there's <laughs> edging, rare. if there's edging uh, tears on the side, it will decrease its value. You uh, return to the party. At this point, time has passed. Everybody is thoroughly sauced and gone. The party has succeeded. In proceeding into the night, it's deafening. The party goes on. And that's where we end this adventure. (laughs) Uh, Will we see Dauphant again? Well, perhaps. He heads out the next day with his deck, leaving behind his funds, which are split among the Delvers. Mm. Not before, and this is important, uh, thanking them for their assistance and also uh, telling Evelyn that he thinks they made a great team 
and if she would ever wish to accompany me to the theater on some night in the future to seek me out. And I give her the address of my abode. Creepy wizard man. Evelyn (laughs) accepts graciously. An oath-breaking paladin would be a great servant to have. So, yeah. That that would be that that would be his secret plot. It's it's not for what you think. It's for power. Power, yeah. It's always it's always for the power. I get it. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, what a fun time! Both. Thanks for guesting with us today. Yes, uh, man, it was really yes, great yes. to be back. Yeah. yeah. Miss round of the, applause for Bo Schwartz yay. joining us today. Yay. I missed the shit out of playing D anD D, and um, this felt really good. Uh, and I had a great time, and uh, I, I definitely want to play more. Well, good, because uh, you're always welcome back here. Uh, we will uh, uh, see what happens next time. So that was uh, season two, episode two, season episode or two season. Pfft. Episode three is next week. I can do math. It's pretty simple if you try. And uh, I look forward to having us all back together, uh, of course, for that. In the meantime, it's a brand new month. Today's the first of May. Okay. 2021. That means if you head on over to our website, therewillbedungeons.com and you sign up to be a Dungeons Plus member, you get rad stuff you can't get any other way. Okay? So, like, there'll be a bonus show next week sometime and that'll be uh, only available to you uh, to get early. It's the only way you can get it. So go check it out. Show's always ad-free, always available with content and extra stuff over at therewillbedungeons.com Okay. That's gonna do it. Thank you all for joining us. For me, for John, for Kyle, for Kristen, and it feels great to say, for Bo. Yeah. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Captain, we're under attack!